It's episode 403 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. It's the week of the holidays, and we're all happy and stuff about it. Right, Josh? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Well, I mean, this is the last time that Mason's going to be the center of attention at, at Christmas. He's fine with that. Yeah, that's what he says now. Well, he knows. <laughs> the thing is, Josh, even if kids know, they really don't care. They'll, they'll just continue to act out. Eh. I know I don't have any children of my own, but I have enough friends that have children, and I've been around them enough. Oh, I've been around enough children. <laughs> he does his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we really don't have any new releases this week, but uh, Josh actually did an interview for The Order 1886, so we'll have that. A couple of news items, what we're playing and watching. Josh's review of, and I had to look this one up again because I couldn't remember if I knew this one or not, review of Siberia for the PS3, Uh, and then the the, uh, uh, promised emails Josh promised last week. So we'll have to uh, Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, kind of a short week, because, I mean, there's not going to be any new releases for the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, probably not a lot of news either. So we'll just have to wing it. But we're pretty good at that. I yeah. think we're good at that. So, I mean, when I, when I list strengths, usually winging it is right up there. Hmm. Okay. We, we did that on stage for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's true. Oh, you had, you had the easy part, though. You just had to play the game and not make oh. yourself look the fool. That's fine. Yeah, yeah but I had, to, I had to dance the line when you stole my question for Rhodey. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Try to figure out another one. Well, it was just natural. I didn't even remember yeah. that on the list of questions. I just decided to ask it because I thought it was appropriate. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm all about stealing Josh, Josh like for thunder. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yep, that's me. It just seemed it like the next logical question. That was, I don't, I don't remember what it was anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That was weird because they asked us to like submit questions beforehand. And that's the last thing that Josh and I know how to do. Yeah. It's usually just kind of like, oh, so what's your favorite color? Cool. But anyway. Well, I was completely unprepared for this, uh, this 1886 interview, but. Uh, I got through it all right. Yeah, you did a good job. Did it really and actually, we talked. To, I I really had to get out because my meter was about to expire. Oh, Jesus, and I had like twelve blocks to go to get to it. Ugh. Um, but I was only supposed to be there from two to three, and it oh. was already three fifteen. Um, so. As I finished and I'm packing up, we kept talking. Yeah. Uh, so. There's more. Oh, okay. Uh, after the interview is done, I can I can talk a little bit about what we talked about after after the recording stopped. Okay, we can and, do that. And before I ran out the door. So this this gentleman <laughs> was actually on the podcast a long time ago uh, when Ready at Dawn Studios uh, won an award for uh, God of War: uh, Chains of Olympus. Uh, so this is, and I'm going to get the last name wrong, but he actually says it on on the recording. Um, let me get my reading glasses because this is. Always a fun one. This is Rue Wira Syria, who is the uh, CEO of Ready at Dawn Studios. And I'm very glad jo- you know, Josh just emailed me this, this interview. And I'm like, holy shit, he got Rue. So that was really cool. Uh, yep. So give this a listen. So why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, 
tell everybody who you are, what you do. Okay. Um, I'm Ruvira Surya. I'm the CEO of Radio Dawn Studios and the creative director on the Audio 1886. Okay. Uh, now, I've just played the demo finally through for the, the first time. Uh, I only played it right to the ballroom okay. uh, the last time. So uh, we're seeing a lot more with these rebels mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of the stealth gameplay and stuff like that. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when we uh, when we t- started, uh, you know, and we introduced the IP, we talked uh, first about you know the knights and the half breeds, of course, but then wanted to bring in this uh, you know third faction, which actually is pretty prevalent in the story itself, you know, all the way uh, throughout, uh, and that's the rebellion uh, that you fought basically in that air- airship. Um, the thing about uh, this level, uh, you know, we really wanted to kind of uh, show the blend of gameplay that you could basically have in a single level, rather than like you know what people expect usually when they they start they start a certain game and and they expect to to have 90% of the same thing happen you know all the way through with a little bit of story here and a few other mechanics we really wanted to show that that a game could be different in the moment-to-moment pacing. So from the stealth moments at the very beginning of that uh, airship level, uh, actually even even before that, the rappel sequence that you know is uh, is kind of like this semi-interactive kind of thing, and you know stories being told to you as you basically go and do do all this stuff. Then it goes into this stealth mode where you're infiltrating the airship, you uh, you're trying to basically stop this plot that the rebels have put together. Uh, to an all-out gunfight that starts afterwards in the ballroom. The fun part about that is that you know it's really giving the players something that either they don't expect at a certain time, and never keep keeping them like you know, kind of keeping them on the on the edge of the seat, going like, "Hey, this is not what you expect. The next thing is not going to be just another rehash of what you've seen it before. We really want this to be just a driving factor that the gameplay is going to basically never gonna just stay stale for too long." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. The, the first time I went into the ballroom and it erupted into all out war, that, that threw me uh, for, for a loop. Um, what I've seen, though, what's, what's nice is that you can, uh, can kind of make it your own, your own sort of uh, take on it, uh, where you can move around the level. You can move from the balcony downstairs and, and over to the other balcony and, and really um, try to flush everybody out. Um, so, uh, with the rebels and everything, um, we're going to be seeing a lot of them, apparently. Yeah, I mean, uh, the rebels are an integral part of the, the the society that we've built, actually, in that Victorian era London, and you see them here. I mean, they, they are, they're literally kind of invading this airship that belongs to uh, the United India Company. And like you said, the fun part was to basically build this gameplay that took you from one side to the other, not give you leave you in a spot where you felt like, okay, I'm going to hunker down here, and here's a couple of waves that are co- going to come. I'm going to just shoot them from here, and then when I'm done, I'm just going to keep on going with my story. The point was really to like you know start at one point and allow the player to go. All right, you know what? You're starting with a sniper gun, a sniper rifle. Are you going to stay up there? Are you, are you going to stay up there and just and try to take everybody out? The cool thing is that some of the AI won't pop up, and it'll be pretty hard to take them out with a with a sniper weapon. So you have you're kind of forced to basically find your you know your spot to basically fight. But uh, but yeah, as far as the rebels are concerned, you see them coming out in here. You see you know you you have you have to pursue them at one point. You know to uh, to um, uh, when, when they start to run away from the ballroom, and then you feel, you, when you realize that there's a se- second device on that uh, airship, you're back in the chase. You know, after this whole sequence where you go to the life rafts, you're back in that chase where you're like, "All right, our job is not done." And then you start pursuing the the, the person with the second device, and you f- you come to another sequence which I absolutely love purely because it's a. Uh, 
<laughs> it's exactly, where I died. Exactly. <laughs> it's where you died. Because <laughs> I went running after the guy, and I, I, I killed the one guy with a melee, and then I was right in the middle of a firefight again, unexpected, and, and had to duck and dodge, and they were coming at me from... Pretty every much time. every direction, yeah. yeah. So, and that was yeah. really fun to build because again, it was the unexpected. It was kind of getting you into that spot where you felt like, all right, I've gone through a pretty big, uh, you know, moment, and now I have to chase this one guy that you thought thought about. But you open the doors of the kitchen, and suddenly this whole thing starts, and you're like, okay. I have to get rid of these guys. I have to move forward. But the fun part about the kitchen was also doing stuff like, you know, I, I don't know if you played with it, but we still do every single time I, we, I go through the kitchen. I, I literally shoot pots and pans all over the place because it's kind of cool because you can see how, like, for example, the, the force pushback on the, on the combo uh, gun can literally dislodge every pan, you know, in a certain area. And the fun part about it is that it's not really that we made it for that. But mm-hmm. it, that secondary f- effect that happens everywhere when you shoot something, when they're shooting at you and suddenly a pot flies over your head, it's just that realism that actually we try to build in that fight. Very different from the ballroom, of course, because in the ballroom, things break and the glass shatters and all that. Here, it's like sh- things are just flying around. Um, it's, it's kind of ancillary to the main fight. But at the same time, it's so much part of the world that we wanted to build, which is that, all right, you're going to fight in this area. Let's make it feel real. You know, we're sitting here in a room. I mean, there's like pots and pans. Yeah, um, I would love to just see everything fly. And that's pretty much the way we actually approach a lot of the combat in the game. That's cool. That's, well, let's talk about that realism. Um, we're two months out. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in the home stretch here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big sigh. <laughs> um, but what I was enjoying just walking through there was just stopping and taking a look at at the world itself and, and the detail, the level of detail in it already. And even when I was coming down off the side of the airship, I noticed that his feet uh, depressing against the side, you could see a little, a little deform, defor- deformation, yeah. I guess, uh, in the side of the airship. Uh, it's, the, it's those little details, you know, that, that just bring it all together. Um, one of the newspapers I picked up, I saw they were talking about one of the articles mentioned, I think it was Whitechapel, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, there's a, there's a Whitechapel article yeah. in there. And it's, and it's a full, you can sit there and read the entire yeah, yeah. front of the paper. Yeah, it's it's like a really <laughs> serious articles are put in there. Yeah. And do you have a lot of that stuff in the game? Like it'll, it'll, you'll be able to pick up the paper and see some of the stuff that's been going on in the world around you, stuff that you've been involved in, even? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that that's exactly why we did it. We, we wanted the player to know that this world is alive. You know, it's not just about uh, the things that you do, but it's just things that are, that are happening around the world, even if you're not part of it. And yes, you will be able to find out more about the lore, about the world, about, about these little, the, the flavor of what we're trying to build. And it was very important for us to actually put those things in place. I mean, uh, you pick, uh, pick up objects that you know, you don't have to, you don't keep, but you can inspect them. You can see that, you know, what the world was like at the time. And I think it's, it's, it's what we, the layer that we wanted to add to all of it, that to, to make it feel real to the player so that it, it wasn't just about I'm on a mission, but there are these other things that I can find out about the world if I choose to outside of the main storyline. So, yeah, attention to detail honestly went for went into everything i mean we of course it started with a story at the very beginning and you know i, I always thought like you know I, I have to make sure that there's there's enough in there that like you know the, the story feels real but then it was funny how like every single aspect of the story and of the game and of the technology and everything and the art everything that we did had that much level of detail and that much research going into it so we we, we wanted to slowly you know, give ourselves that challenge to recreate this world that actually people would feel was real. And like you said, when you when you're on the side of the airship and you your your foot just sets into that uh, derailment skin of, from the from the airship, 
we built the physics engine, you know, and we showcased it a year or so ago at, at Gamescom, um, it wasn't f- to show people, oh, you know what, there's going to be all this physics gameplay or a weapon that's going to do this. and that's gonna. The point was for us to showcase, here. here's a thing that could do all of these things. But the point of that physics engine is not to just do gameplay for the sake of gameplay. It's to make the gameplay that we wanted to do feel better and feel more real. So the depressions that you have on that skin, the cloth, the way it flies, and actually completely, like, uh, you know, um, uh, affected by the wind that basically we we, uh, we create, basically, that uh, and that, that force that basically is created is moving everybody's uh, capes very differently, and every time you play it, it plays it differently. Um, the pots and pans, like we said, the deformation in the metal when you shoot a pot, a pot and, like, you know, it deforms and all that stuff, all of that, it might be secondary, but I think that those are the things that in this generation of games, especially the coming generation of games, are going to you know, take us out of that uncanny valley. We're slowly getting there. We, have, we still have a lot of work to do. But uh, that, what you talked about, what you just talked about, that attention to detail, is really about giving players what they're seeking in so many ways, which is that connection that sometimes that you lose when you see something in a game that feels so unnatural that you just go, ugh. That, mo- that moment was kind of weird, and we're trying to break those boundaries slowly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's coming along. It's it's pretty fantastic so far. It, it looks beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Um, so. And it, it plays really well so far. Um, I, we got a little bit uh, about some of the relationships there near the end um, between uh, the Knights and... Uh, can you give me anything more on that? <laughs> what can I give you? I mean, the, 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 there's a really interesting relationship. You know, uh, we... Uh, we are we, writing a story. You, you have to you have to actually give depth to everything that you basically built into that. And and one of the best ways that you write uh, a protagonist into a story is not by defining him. It's by defining everybody around him. And that's always the way that I've I've loved stories like that. I've always loved the fact that some of the best heroes are always defined by their villains. You know, kind of thing. Like you know, and uh, and and that that idea that uh, Galahad that you know that you're going to play is not so much who he is because he says the things he says and all that stuff and you just could like you know take him in a bubble and be like all right that's the character but all this relationship we build with Mallory the first conversation he has after coming down from the from the, the uh, you know repelling down the airship there's this little camaraderie that goes on between them because he waits until the other two leave to have this little like kind of heart to heart with him it's like hey what's going on man and he's talking to him like he's talking to his brother you know he's going like you know yeah. just be careful i've got your back but just be careful and there's this kind of big brother feel that uh, that Mallory has where he has that uh, he has that connection with Galahad. In, in the few words he says and in, in the way he acts, you know that this guy just, like, they trust each other. They don't need to say too much to each other, and they just keep going. But then you get those little other moments, you know, with, like, um, with Isabel and, uh, and Galahad, where there is a different kind of connection. You know that there's something between them. Of course, uh, uh, he was uh, her mentor, so there is a little bit of that, you know, in the, in the history of the characters. He was her mentor, so there's, a, there's this connection right there, a uh, connection that is uh, slightly more than that, you know, like when you really f- see the way they interact with each other, there's a, there's a closeness to them when they're in the laugh uh, uh, you know, scene. You see that Galahad, you know, he's trying to be, like, you know, very military-like, but yeah. when she wants to come with him, he like you know he's like no you know I promise your brother that you're gonna be come, coming home safe so yeah. just listen to me kind of thing and she's okay accepting that she doesn't see it as an order or anything that you know but she truly understands that he does that purely because of the way he you know he feels and then there's Lafayette and there's Lafayette who's there basically because 
Lafayette, first of all, was one of the most amazing characters that ever lived. You know, in our, in uh, in human history, he's got he's he's just such an interesting character. Through having gone through what he did at the age he did, it was great to bring in that uh, kind of love of what he did uh, as a as a warrior, but also. Uh, as a human being, just like you know, uh, he uh, you know he could have uh, he went through the American Revolution. He went through uh, you know the the French Revolution. He was uh, nearly asked to basically literally lead the revolution in France, but he refused because I think as a person he was. It's not that he's selfish, but he sees he has he has he saw the world in a very different way, in a more modern way than the people at the time. When we depict him here, he also acts more modern than he would as, from a Victorian time. He's very jovial. He's easygoing. When he does things, he's actually, you know, he loves it. He's, he's got passion. And all of these, funnily enough, are in some ways more defined than Galahad himself. So Galahad, by those interactions, you're going to start finding out why he is who he is, what relationships he has, why he's got that kind of like um, teacher kind of feel to, to Lafayette who's always joking around and Galahad kind of like, dude, like, Get it together, man. You know, why Lafayette and Isabeau will have a certain other relationship, why Lafayette and Mallory will have another one. All these four characters really are kind of build upon each other. And again, the great thing about the, the game is that we won't introduce these characters, but there really is a much bigger cast that will come in and out and that will augment all of these relationships. And, you know, we just uh, saw Alistair, the Knight Commander, who's uh, Isabeau's older brother, but also the Knight Commander of the, the Order. Mm-hmm. He himself also adds, you know, a little bit to that layer, you know, and Lord Hastings, for example, who's a lord of the House of Lords, you know, British aristocracy. Again, he paints a nice picture of the time. We've been able to just, like, add all these characters and a cast that is, I would say, bigger than usually what games would do. When you finally see the game, which I can't reveal too much of, (laughs) it'll be fun to see what people think because there is a a bigger cast, actually, there. That's Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that a lot of attention was paid to the to the story and everything and that's that's exactly what you need in a game like this you need you need that detail and, and all that uh, so it's it's looking fantastic thank you thank you're, you're very close to the end here <laughs> yes, are. what are you going to do after after it ships uh, big party uh, you know <laughs> right actually, back to work <laughs> uh, well most everybody will probably hibernate for a little while it's yeah. winter we're finishing I don't know maybe a few months in a cave will, will help us you know recover but uh you know uh, we already have uh, ideas about what we want to do next we uh you know every time you put something out there in a game or when you when you develop a game you always kind of like pull back certain things as the development goes on because there's always too many ideas to put in a single game that's the nature of making a a, a game and a good game as at that it's it's just that there's never enough time to finish everything so we have all these ideas about how things you know how we want to evolve things, what we learned, what what we want to do better, what we what we think we achieved really well. Um, honestly, like right now, funnily enough, even though it's probably one of the most tiring and trying times to finish a game, there's also this whole other side of being in the middle of this whole energy, uh, you know, within the th- team, that kind of fuels this other need to do better. So all we're thinking of sometimes is like, oh man, if we did that, if we did this. So after this, it's. Uh, party, rest, work, write, get back to it, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, do a lot more. We have a lot more, a lot more in our heads, and, I, and I'm looking forward to put, uh, putting a lot of those things into, uh, into what we do next. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Well, very nice job, sir. Uh, glad you got that one, because I'd seen him at PSX a couple times, and I really wanted to, uh, to nab him for something, but he was always so, so busy, so we never got a chance. So Well... 
And that's one of the things we talked about after I stopped recording. Um, Of course. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now um, Josh is just going to make stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) The Order 1886 is actually a Tetris clone. As as we were talking about uh, Sori and and stuff like that and and PSX, he mentioned that um, the cool thing about being there was just ev- seeing everybody's reaction to yeah. the gameplay, and then people were just stopping him left and right and telling them their entire theory of what the whole story was and what the backstory of this world, some guy, he said, some guy had him for a good 20, 30 minutes (laughs) had the most intricate backstory for the whole thing and had all these ideas for what it was and what it should be. And he was actually surprised by a lot of it. And he thought, well, I wish we had done that, you know, and that was actually pretty, (laughs) so he was, news comes out that the order is scrapped and they're going to have to do a new game. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting, though, because he 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 said he loved it. He loved hearing from from everybody and seeing everybody's reactions and um, just the crazy theories for some of the things uh, surprised him. And I, as we were talking, we were talking about that, um, and I brought up resistance too. I said, I said because that's one of the dangers. You know, you you build this world and. Like for this one, it's a little different. Like I played through resistance one and it left it there in a way that, you know, there was still something going on in that world and we didn't know what it was. And I had built all this up in my mind of what it was. Yeah. Just based on what I had played, I pieced things together and I was like, okay, it's this and we're going to see this and we're going to do this and it's going to be this and this. And we got to resistance two, and it was nothing like that. (laughs) I felt like they had thrown everything out the window and started over. I was so confused and I was so unhappy with it when I first played it just story wise that it just, it really bothered me. And, you know, we were talking about that and he said, well, that's one of the, you know, that's one of the hard parts of it. You walk that line when, especially when you're creating a game and just showing off little bits of it, early on and you don't want to give away too much of the story. You want to introduce people to the world slowly and let them find it on their own as they're playing the game and all. But because it's been out there for a while, people have been putting together their own version of what it is or what it should be, you know? Right. So you, it, it can be dangerous. Well, definitely. <laughs> you can, you can have all these expectations that just aren't met or you can have expectations that are exceeded. You know, you just, you never know with it. It's, yeah, it's tough. So, hmm. yeah, we talked a little bit about that. So it's, it it's funny cool. because, you know, uh, we, we've been talking to the writers about some of this stuff too. And I think it was either one of them or somebody on Facebook saying, well, it's just all this crazy, like going after wolves and stuff, right? Or werewolves and stuff like, no, Nope. It's, it's actually a lot more <laughs> faceted than that, and, and it's just part of the lore. And, and I was actually talking to a buddy of mine on the phone, too, and, and he was kind of saying the same thing to me. And I said, well, no, what we what we saw at E3 was the Lycan, and, and that you're dealing with that. But at the same time, the demo from PSX is all about these rebels that, that come in, and, and you talked about that in the interview, uh, yeah. the rebels and, and just more straight gameplay, but they actually kind of mixed in some stealth elements and actually, you know, just some crazy gunfights as well. Uh, and that's what I like about it so much is that not only does it have some really nice mechanics and everything, but 
it just looks so damn good, and and it, it does. It plays really well too. It's it's uh, improved so much from the from the code we played at E three. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure he heard me because I was sitting. It was a very small room, and for a while I was the only one in there. <laughs> um, besides the the person assigned to each game. Okay. Essentially, what was this PSX um, again? Jeez. And uh, it was there was. Uh, well, let me tell you, there was, uh, Bloodborne. Okay. Was there, um, uh, the Hayden Panettiere one. Uh, Until Dawn. I forget the name, Until Dawn. Um, and The Order. Okay. And that was it. That was it? Yeah. No Vita stuff, nothing? No. It was a tiny room. So it was the two PR people, (laughs) one person for each game. And, uh, Rue was actually, he was out getting lunch or something when I came there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sat, I, I played uh, until dawn. Um, Cause I wanted to try different stuff. Nice. But uh, I'll, I'll talk about that when we get to what we're playing. Okay. Um, and then I sat down on playing the order cause I didn't finish it the last time. Right. So I wanted to finish it. So as I'm sitting there, you know, out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw him over there. Mm. Um, like kind of later on in the game. But I realized as I was going through, like, I'm making all this noise because I, we talked about it in, in that interview yeah. that, you know, you see this guy and you're like, oh, I have to stop that guy. And I went barreling after him and I'm like, I got him. Oh, and now I, I got to get this second guy. And then all hell broke loose around me. And I was like, oh, what the, oh, come on. <laughs> and I thought I heard a laugh. <laughs> nice. Uh, so they were, I think they were watching what was going on there. And I think he was like, yeah, he didn't expect that. <laughs> and that's what I liked about it. It's, yeah. it's that it threw you a curveball there because you get into these games and and we've all played these games a million times, oh, sure. you know, and, and there's kind of a rhythm to them and you kind of have a feeling for, for how they're going to go and, oh, it's this kind of thing. Oh, it's this part. Oh, it's this part. But then they threw a curveball there and I, I was not expecting that at all. And man, <laughs> that was messed. Even the second time through, like, cause I, I, I hit that part and I died and I'm like, ah, so it starts you again right there where you start the chase. And I'm like, all right, now I got it. I know what I have to do. Ah. And I got it. And I almost died a second time. I'm oh, like, man. dude. <laughs> well, I think, I think it, I was doing the same thing where you just want to rush in a little bit more. Yeah. And the last time I played it now, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I remember at the PSX, uh, um, keynote when those two guys go running like he actually blasted one before they got out. I'm like, what? Oh, so the last time idea. I played it, I tried to do the same thing, but I didn't have the shotgun. So I'm like yeah. trying to plug him with this rifle. Like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's and it's nice that they do that. You know, they there is pacing to a game. You know, and it's a story. Yeah. So there, you have to pace things properly, and and you know, not have it all action, 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 action. Exactly. Um. But at the same time, they will mix things up and they will catch you off guard, which is really cool. I yeah, like that yeah. a lot. So, yeah, I liked what I played. It was funny because some people were saying like, oh, how, how's Glenn going to feel about the stealth stuff and everything else? But it's not really it's like not... stealth stealth. Like yeah. I even think Advanced Warfare has more stealth than this does uh, in, in the campaign. Yeah, it's not like crazy Metal Gear stealth or no. Thief stealth or anything like no, that. No, not it's, at all. It's light stealth. 
Yeah, but it is cool. I mean, because of the the nice effects in the game, you know, you can see kind of where they are because the flashlights are using and and yeah. you know, but and then like I told you, I caught on at PSX where I was trying to come up behind a guy and they said, you know, like the code that they have is still early and there might be some glitches, which there were, but I came up behind a guy and I was going to it's like a quick time thing to do the melee. You just can't go up behind him and hit the button. The circle, this big circle around a triangle button kind of cir- uh, centers in on it. And when it gets to a certain point, you have to hit triangle to time it correctly. And it happened, but I noticed that uh, when you can actually go in for the melee, your guy will reach to his back and grab onto the handle of the knife. Yeah. And he didn't do that in that one because of the bug. So I died, you know. Mm. And, and But then when I figured that out, I was like, all right, come on, grab the knife, grab the knife. And then that was the whole indicator to me at that point, finally, was that the visual first, cue. Yeah, the first time I hit that, I, I walked up to the guy and I didn't know I didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect and I, I walked up to the guy and I tried to hit a button and <laughs> I hit it before you know, he was reaching for his knife and I'm like, Okay, okay and I got close to him and I hit the button like at the wrong time or I hit it too quick. And of course he turned around and we got into a fight and he killed me. Yeah. Um That's pr- that's exact same that, thing uh, the first time I played it at PSX, that's the exact same thing that happened to me. Where I yeah. hit the button before, I'm like, oh, crap, I had to time it. Yeah, and after that, I was like, okay, and I haven't had a problem with it since. Yep. Like, yep. both playthroughs, I was like, all right, I, f- I know exactly what I'm doing here, and I just walk up and boom, I, I nail them every time. Yeah, so. and I'm sure they're going to have a tutorial in the main game. I mean, that airship demo I, apparently is pretty far into the game. It seems deep into the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. So what else so. did you guys talk about? You said you talked about a few more things. Well, that was the main thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the whole thing was just in like a room with three games. Yes. <laughs> well, it was it was really set up for, you know, people who couldn't make it out to PSX sure. and here are some of the three of the bigger games that they wanted to show off and you know. Well, I'm glad you get to play both of those again and I mean, did you even try Bloodborne? I didn't have time. Oh, okay. Because I I sat down and I did until dawn. Yeah. And then I moved right over to, I mean, the... Well, the, until dawn's a good 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, and 1886 is 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So there's your hour right there. Yeah. I, I really expected, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this, and then I'll go sit down and do Bloodborne, and then I'll go... And I looked at the time, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but it wasn't like, a wasted trip, which is good. No, it wasn't. It was It was great. That's awesome. You know, it was, it was actually very worth it, and I'm I'm so glad that you know, Sony invited us um, because it gave me time to, to do different things in until dawn to see how it would play. Nice. Um, And it gave me time to actually finish the 1886 demo and then talk to him about it. Which is, I mean, it's it's great that you got that interview done. So really happy about that. Yeah. That was the main reason I went there. I figured somebody would be there that I could get (laughs) on mic we you just got to figure out something for until dawn because we were going to try to do something at PSX never happened and then uh, I was thinking maybe there'd be somebody at the thing you were at but then you got Rue instead which is great so we'll still have to figure out something for, for until dawn because yeah it's a I had no expectations for that game at all and that's the first thing I played when we had our media thing at, at PSX and I loved it I, I thought it was so well conceived yeah it's it's cool they kept talking about. And they kept saying, oh, we should have brought the other demo, the, the <laughs> Gamescom demo, because oh. you have two characters, and it's a whole different part of the game, and it's it handles different, and the way the whole thing plays out is different. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, and, and Sony actually put a video up of that 
until dawn demo now they they haven't put the the order one up yet unfortunately but um and they won't let us post it so even though there's people that had cameras at PSX that recorded the entire thing and put them up of course yeah of course <laughs> but uh yeah we we're not allowed to put the video up which kind of sucks cuz even in that early state i mean it it's only a couple months out now and and um it's solid as hell i mean it was pretty yeah. solid at E3 even well i'm but you would always expect that even a demo that's prepared for something like PSX was prepared months ago, you know, oh, that sure. they've already changed and fixed and it looks much different than even that today. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it could look any better. though. <laughs> well, yeah. It looks, it looks pretty good. Oh my know? gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's good that you got to go and I already emailed uh, the person involved and, and thanked him and uh, uh, very appreciative of stuff like that, especially since, you know, it's usually me going to these things, and it was good that, that they had something in your air, neck of the woods, nape of the way, and um, and <laughs> nape you of the neck. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, what, uh, yeah, I got that wrong. It's uh, nape of the way, neck. I can't remember anymore. It's a it's a Fletch thing. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he ended with nape of the neck. No, it's not nape of the neck. It's uh, nape of the woods, neck of the way, or something like that. I don't remember anyone. Now you're looking it up on Google, aren't you? I am. <laughs> Welcome to the Google podcast, folks. Everything Google all the time, even though Josh hates it. Are you yahooing mm. it or are you actually Googling it? I'm searching for it. Uh, Neck of the wape. Neck of the wape. Okay. That doesn't sound right, but okay. It's been a long time. No, it's Caddyshack. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. What brings you to this nape of the woods, neck of the wape? How come you're here? (laughs) Uh, All right. I need to watch that movie again soon. Uh, So news. Only a couple of items this week. News. News. news, news. This first one is pretty nice, though. And it's funny because I was just talking to somebody online a couple of weeks ago. And I had thought this was already out, but apparently I had just heard that they were doing it. And it wasn't out yet, but it is. Uh, so Plex, which is a pretty cool video service uh, that will allow you to watch a lot of your content on your uh, home consoles. Plex is uh, now out on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 in Europe and Asia, uh, which came out on the 18th, so about four days ago. It is coming to North America very soon, but they don't have a date yet. So basically, it's a media management service, uh, which you, then you can stream your personal movie and TV show libraries uh, from your PC or your Mac to any device that supports Plex. So there's like a mobile client for it. Uh, I think there's one for Xbox One already. And they said when the Xbox version came out, the number one request was bring it to PlayStation. So uh, they said they, were, they already had had it in the works. It just took a little bit longer to do. Uh, the one thing is, though, that it requires a subscription. So you either pay four ninety nine a month, thirty nine ninety nine a year, or one hundred fifty bucks for a lifetime subscription. So it's a little bit different than like um, some of, you know some of the DNLA stuff that's out there uh, for PS three, uh, but it is a much more uh, elegant interface. Uh, it'll actually put cover art on for you, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and for those wondering about PlayStation Vita or PlayStation TV. They said, uh, don't expect it. It's a very different uh, way to, to develop for those. And at this time, they don't have any plans to, to support them. So, uh, But check it out. We actually have a, a, a link up on our website that kind of goes through some of the stuff. Uh, Plex comes very highly recommended by a lot of people. I have not personally 
used yet. I've seen some videos of it being used, and overall, it seems very nice. It's it's very user friendly. I'd, I'd almost say it's kind of wife friendly. A lot of people always look for that kind of thing in, in a lot of the services like this. Um, but yeah, it's 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 something that you know some people might, might want to look into since, especially on PS4, there's no current DNLA support. Uh, this might be a way around that. But it also works on like mobile devices, that sort of thing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I get the feeling it would not work for... Not that I want to pay for something anyway, but I get the feeling it would not work for me. Pretty sure it will. Pretty sure it won't. Mm, I mean, if you're using a home media server, I think they say right in there it's supported. Yeah, I'd have to look into it. I I don't trust it. Every one of these things that I've ever seen, there's no way to get it working on on my server. All right. Just doesn't work. I'll probably try it out when it comes out over here. I'll give it a, like, get a couple months worth and give it a try. <sighs> if I can find the power supply for my, for my frickin' Drobo. Ugh. <clears throat> yes, I'm still unpacking. Let me see. Of course, now I'm reading it. Um, yeah, good idea. Do that now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. All right, so, uh, next is... A... Boxing Day, eh? Yay, Boxing Day! With, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, a two-game PS4 bundle in Canada for Boxing Day. Yeah. 450 bucks. Uh, is that how much it usually goes for in Canada? I know I'm their not... prices are... Yeah, their prices are a little bit higher, I think. Uh, Amazon. <laughs> dot C-A. <laughs> You can just go click our link, you know. We do have a link for Amazon Canada. It's quicker for me to type in Amazon.ca than to type in PSNation.com. Are you telling uh, me that your our affiliate link thing is not your book, your like homepage? Come on, man. For Canada, no. Well, no. If you go to the affiliate link section, there's one. I don't need to. All I have to do is go to Amazon, and the affiliate link pops up in my browser. It works. I don't have to go to the page. <laughs> Although now I do have to go to the page with all those brand new crazy links that have been added. Yeah, you have I'll to go over that because uh, all of a sudden I got this email. They're like, the hell? <laughs> Did you do this? Okay, I don't see just <laughs> the PS4 itself. Hmm, Interesting. It might be sold out. Um, so, no, it's not even listed. They would usually list it if it's sold out. Oh, that's true. Um the console itself is listed at five hundred Canadian Whoa. dollars, which is wrong. I mean, that's a third party. Oh yeah, deal. We get so, those where... uh, so the other bundles are the same price, basically, for one game. Wow. Uh, well, for Last of Us Remastered, it's that price. For Destiny, it's basically that price. For GTA and Last of Us bundle, it's that price. So yeah. there you get two games. But either way, uh, for Boxing Day, now we're getting NHL 15, Canada. Canada. And poor Canada. That's just a bad... Well, I mean, they've, they've done the, a lot of patches, but it's still... It's the national sport. But it's it's a bad version of the national I know. sport. I know. Um, it's a good base for a great version, but it's not there yet i mean even with all the patches it's still missing some yeah some stuff yeah so all right so you're getting nhl 15 and little big planet 3 
That's cool. And it is on Friday, December 26th. Uh, pre-orders for the Boxing Day bundle are available on Wednesday this week. Uh, and and it's not just like Amazon. It's it's pretty much all the major retailers are going to have this bundle because this is a Sony thing. Yes. Yeah. And and also speaking of this, it's kind of funny. Uh, Walmart, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, uh, started selling just the PS4, no bundle, for... Uh, Three thirty nine or three twenty nine. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so it's local store pickup only, but you can actually order it online, and they'll have it waiting for you when you get there, so it's reserved. Uh, and I think this finally pushed Rock over the brink, and I think he's gonna buy one tonight. <laughs> so I was just like, "Oh my god, Rock's gonna have a PS4!" And my parents actually won MLB fourteen the show for Extra Life, so I'm gonna take it over since that's something I don't have to ship. <laughs> So I'll take it with me so he has a game for it. But, uh, yeah, 329. I don't know if that's still going to be going on when the podcast goes out. I mean, this is – we're uh, on Monday, the 22nd right now. Uh, but, you know, if you're interested, if you haven't bought a PlayStation 4 yet and you're interested, this is 70 bucks off. So check Walmart.com. Uh, just look for the PlayStation 4. You'll see it right there, 329 Like I said, you can actually order it online and just go pick it up. You just have to have the credit card that you ordered it with. Um, and, and, and the cool thing is it has – It'll tell you store availability and everything, so you're not wasting your time going into a frickin' Walmart right before Christmas, which I had to do today. Oh, oh God. Just wanted to tear my face off. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of PS4s, uh, this got tweeted a couple of days ago. Of course, it was in Moon Language, so I really didn't know what was going on at first. But uh, in Japan... With Final Fantasy Type-0 HD is coming a new red PlayStation 4 with uh, kind of one of those customized uh, faceplate things that, you know, they've been selling. Ugh. Eh. <clears throat> They're actually pretty nice quality. I will say that. But, I, I th- but they don't fit. I agree. It just looks it, so weird. It does. It just... It's the same thing with the 360 faceplates. Yeah. Uh, they had this... You know, oh, you can customize it. Make your console your own. And they promised like a million of them. They put out a couple hundred and mm-hmm. nobody bought them. And that was that. <laughs> I won't say nobody bought them. People bought them, but not enough. They disappeared from stores real quick. Yeah, yeah. And they just, they stopped selling them. And I think the same thing will happen with this. They're going to try it. I don't think they're going to sell well. And... It'll disappear probably pretty quick. You know, I have a, I have a custom faceplate for mine. Um, oh, there was a shmup that came out, a Japanese shmup, and they had like a special edition come out for the 360. Just can't remember which one it is, but it came with a faceplate. Oh, I have one for uh, Ace Combat Six with the. If I ever want to open that box, but yeah. I never opened it. That's the one with the. The flight stick? Flight stick and everything. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw it came with one. I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> well, see, what, what made it even worse was the majority of those were kind of designed to go with the white 360. Yeah. Um, and, of course, when the Elite came out and I bought that, the Elite was gray. Or was blackish say- gray. So it just didn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you wanted one on there. 
Well, and then if you bought one of the newer Xboxes, the slim or whatever, the faceplate won't even work because it's a no. different face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the same thing as everybody got their little avatar, not their avatar, their little um, drivatar, their little icon. <laughs> yeah. Um, like your PSN ID icon. Right, right. And they were selling them and people were buying them and constantly changing them. They were spending all this money on them and and backgrounds too. That you yep. could buy backgrounds and everybody was buying backgrounds like crazy. And then they did the dashboard update and all that disappeared. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I've still got my fruit fucker from that, but it looks terrible on the Xbox One. It's like this little tiny box. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm keeping the fruit fucker, damn it. Well, that's I haven't changed mine, which is the the ship from Xevious. It's the same thing I have on my PS3 <laughs> that I never ever changed on PS4. I still have a baseball um, icon on mine on PS4 or PSN. I, I change it every now and then for about a week or two, and it always goes back. Mm. Like I, I had the Phillies thing on there for a little bit, you know, when they were in the World Series, and that was it. <laughs> It's it's stuff like that. Like I'll change it for a couple days or a week, and then I'm like, yeah, that's not right. And I always change it back. <laughs> so yeah, this red one looks cool. I, you know, I yeah, it does. I like it looks cool. I, I like it, except for the faceplate. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's it's this red PS4, and then it has a black faceplate. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool art. Just- I mean. It's not like they're just etching the stuff. It's it's like this really nice art on them. It it just oh yeah. To me, I would rather have somehow be able to to replace the other cover as well. well but obviously, you can't do that. But that becomes just like a, a decal that you would put on it, you right? Know? And I mean, there's third parties out there that sell stuff like that now that I think look better than this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm just not a fan of these. Eh. They just they don't look right. Yeah. But I, I mean, like the they, red system. They, the the artwork they do looks gorgeous. I they had the face plates out at the yeah. PlayStation Experience and you know the little big planet one looked beautiful and I was like, wow, these are really neat, but I can't no, I'm not gonna put one of those on there because <laughs> it would just look weird. It's just uh, yeah. Plus I can't replace mine. Mine's got my name etched in it. Plus I <laughs> you, <sighs> You're kind of locked in. Like this Final Fantasy one, it's designed for the PS4 to be laying flat. If yeah. you stand it up on its side, suddenly it just doesn't look right. See, but that's not true of the Order one and the Little Big Planet one. Those are actually made more for you having them stand up, stu- uh, stood up. Of course. The way and then made. if you put it down on its side, then it doesn't quite look right. Well, no, it looks fine <laughs> when you put it on its side. It's just, it's it's the correct... It's uh, sideways. Yeah, then. it's sideways that way. This one's well, not. But that doesn't help you. Well, nothing's perfect, Josh. But that's the whole point. They shouldn't even bother with it. <laughs> people want them. Shit. There's people on our Facebook group that are buying them now. Well, there were people buying those 360 faceplates, and oh. look how that turned out. If people want them. You got to give the people what they want. Oh, okay. Because Sony and Microsoft have been great about doing that over the over the console's life cycles for all of these <laughs> different things. Whatever they want. Right. Where's my... Uh, Where's my proper custom music where I can put all my music on the hard drive? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my proper custom music on the PS3 for F's sake? Well, not enough memory <laughs> in the system for that to actually... Actually, I, I think... I had heard a rumor that they had to work around uh, the patent that Microsoft had for it. 
that's there there were two big things going around. There yeah. was that and there was a thing that they had it working and they could have done it, but EA's code for all their sports games yeah. would not work with it and EA strong armed them and basically said, No, you can't do that because we're not gonna patch this and we're not gonna be the one left out with our sports games like this. Yeah. So I heard that one too. That was the other rumor. Yeah. So but who knows? <laughs> It's probably somewhere in the middle of all that. Or it's probably something completely separate from it. Like, we just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. You should listen to the music that's in the game. Play it right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, I, I find with... The only place I would use a custom soundtrack is really in a driving game. Yeah. Uh, or in, uh, like, hockey, where you could... And you could do this in... NHL where you could set the arena music right and set the goal you know after a goal is scored this music plays and when a penalty is called on the home team this music is played on the away team this music is played mm-hmm. you know so you could set every last little bit of music in there in the menus which i loved well that's that whole sounds of the show thing on MLB the show too yeah. where you can have your own walk up music you know you can have all kinds of crazy stuff yeah, well, I mean, the cool thing about this is people were putting up, you know, this is what gets played in Philly after they score a goal. This is what gets played in New York after they score a goal, in New Jersey after they score a goal. Right. And I would download all those, put them in the game, because I, I watch all those games. Those are the games I'm seeing on TV all the time. So it was cool, you know, when the goal would be scored and you'd hear that song. It just, it was awesome <laughs> as long as it's really... not that goddamn song that the blackhawks play whenever they get a goal oh i hate that song from the fratellis yeah i hate that song every time i talk to colette i, I tell her i hate that song since she's well, from chicago yeah well how about we do what we're playing and stuff and you can talk a little bit about the uh until dawn demo and and, and your different uh choices this time <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See, I was lucky when I was playing it because, uh, like, the the studio head was there watching me, and he's like, "Well, you see, you can try this, or you can try this." I'm like, "Oh, okay, I get it." And he was kind of laughing at me when I when I got nicked one time. And well, th- that was the interesting thing. So I go into it, and you know, there weren't a ton of choices, and I knew what I chose. So, um, I went into it, and I. Did not throw anything at the guy. Okay. Um, and I ran, and you have your choice to jump over the bed and run or go under the bed. Yep. So I went under the bed this time. Yeah, that's what I did. To see what happens. And she gets grabbed, and I'm like, oh, I'm dead. Well, that was quick, but you could fight him off. Yep. And I was like, ooh. You know, and the girl's behind me, and she's laughing. Because <laughs> 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 I did that. I made that sound. <laughs> Uh, so I fought the guy off and I got out and then, um, then I tried to hide at one point and then I did something else and I did this, but I got to this near the end of it. And this time I actually survived. I got away. I, cause yeah, I was see, like, I what just happened? The end of it, so. Uh, yeah. So did I the first time, but this time I got, away. I was like, what happened? Did I, she's like, okay, yeah, you got away when that butterfly thing oh. goes. I was like, no way. Look at me. <laughs> I was like, that was really cool. Yeah. So she was talking about how, you know, they have it set up so they don't want you to 
it, they don't want it to be like an insta fail, you know, where you you go under the bed and boom, you're dead and right, it's over right. like that. Um, so they give you chances to get away here and there. Um, you're not guaranteed to be caught and killed immediately. You know, you'll, you'll, if you screw up or if you do something a little more dangerous, you'll have a chance to, to get out of it. Um, but it was, it was cool. I, I like that. I like that, you know, you're going to have to find your way through it. And I'm kind of hoping they're going to switch that whole thing up when the game launches because now it's all over the internet and now I've played it twice and I'm sure a million people have seen it. Everybody saw it at, on stage at PSX when they were all yellow yelling, take off the towel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I think Sony studios or studios that Sony works with for first party stuff. You, that, like in the last couple of years, they've been switching things up. Yeah. Cause I remember uh, some stuff in uh, the last of us and also uncharted three that we had played and then the game came on like, Oh, I know this section. I'm like, Whoa, what the hell? Well, yeah. Like, right I mean, away. Those are different. both naughty dog though. So I'm naughty dog has always done that. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that these other guys are going to do it too. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's, it's a neat idea. I just, I hope there's more involved even like when you get out of the tub and you start walking around. Mm hmm. I spent too much time looking all over the top floor and then the next floor and there's nothing there to find. And I was like, well, what about the what TV? Did you find the, the flat screen TV in the wall? Yeah. Cause I, I thought I was looking around and I missed that whole room. I, I got in there and I found it and I turned it on and there was something there, but that's the only thing I found in like the two floors. And I was like, this is it. I mm-hmm. thought that would, there would be more. Well, maybe there'll here. be more in the regular game. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but that also builds up tension. You think you're you're kind of on guard, and you you think that something's going to happen, and really nothing does. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It it wasn't working for me that way. I was like, all right, what are we doing here? Because nothing is happening around here mm. until you finally get to that. Everything kicks off. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, all right. But yeah, this I I like where they're going with it. I just. Well, they showed a decent amount of it at, at the keynote, and like I said, there is also a full video up on, I believe, YouTube on PlayStation's channel, so that people can check that out if they want. Yeah, it's cool. Well, it's uh, cool you got to play it again, though. Yeah. So, I got that. I got to play through 1886. Nice. That demo. Um. I played the Jackbox Party Pack. Nice, which I haven't really dug into too much yet. Yeah, Uh, that's funny. I I haven't played You Don't Know Jack in quite a while. And bring it up again, I'm like, oh, (laughs) I remember all this now. Yeah, took a couple minutes to to get back into it. Yeah. I got it. I was like, all right, yeah, I remember this. It's fun. (laughs) Um, Because it's the same guy and everything and it's, it's jelly vision and it's, the, it's same the same game basically yeah with new questions so yeah. yeah it's cool uh i played tons of siberia nice obviously um because i'm reviewing that i played rock Bosher's dx nice i played it heavily on the vita i didn't get a chance to play it on the ps4 yeah um yeah, I had a 
big smile on my face. <laughs> it's so good. It, it's from the moment it started. It's so hard to describe to people because they're like, "Oh, I'm old graphics." But I mean, that's that's the whole charm of this one is the fact that it's still a twin stick shooter and it's great writing, but it, it's got these old graphics. And you're like, "Holy crap! This totally could have happened." Yeah, it's. I mean, there there were one or two places in there where I'm like, "Okay, this is a new system." Um, yeah, but. Other than those couple of places, it looks and feels just like I'm sitting down in front of uh, my PC in the early 90s, you know? <laughs> I was like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm really enjoying <laughs> like that. The, the, the sound and the voices or the, the story and, and the graphics and everything. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was enjoying it a lot. It's very cool. Um. I wanna, oh, oh, I played some Drive Club. Nice. The new weather. I forgot about that. Yes. Uh, yeah, the weather's pretty sweet. It's, it's, it's definitely a game changer. I mean, not only does it look just amazing, but it, it literally like changes the way the game plays. And especially if you have it on dynamic where it changes throughout the race, you have to change the way that you're playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. And, uh, multiplayer is actually working really well now. Uh, it's actually even working better for when you get a group together. It's not perfect yet, but we were streaming it the other day, and I think we only had one real kind of blow up. Uh, other than that, it's been running beautifully. Yeah, um, I did. I think it, yeah, more Mario Kart. On the Damn Wii it! U. I keep wanting to play that. <laughs> I keep looking at my I, the controller's right there, and I just haven't had time because. I've been so engulfed in freaking Far Cry again that I just haven't gotten back to it. Yeah, I was downloading that last night. I was like, I'll play it. And it's a big yeah. game. It's a big download. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I didn't I didn't get to touch that. Uh something TV or movies. There was something I saw. Something I don't know, I'll think about it. I'll figure it out while you're talking. Well, and while you're while you're while you brought that up, uh, we want to thank Brad Custer for that. Um, he emailed us and he got a free game of his choice with the whole season pass debacle on Assassin's Creed Unity, and he sent us a code for Far Cry 4 on PS4. And because I've been talking it up so much and everything, and it's probably going to be on my very very short list of Game of the Year candidates, this gave Josh an opportunity to play the game. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much, sir. Because that's, uh, yeah, we talked about it. I said, well, uh, there's, I'm not buying it anytime soon. Yeah. It's, it'll probably be like next Christmas by the time I buy it. So <laughs> if I do, but that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So that's, um, that's what I played. Okay. Didn't watch nothing? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I know there was ah. something. Um, well, Something. I'll start up and you, you can yeah. break in like you always do. Uh, and speaking of Far Cry 4, so uh, like I said, my save file from my uh, my pre-release copy didn't transfer over. So amazingly, I started the game over again on the retail version. And Stoffinator and I went on a binge of playing co-op. And I didn't even have the northern region opened up yet. And we pretty much literally uh, did every single mission in the lower half of the map in co-op like just finished everything 
So then I went in the other day, uh, went through the mission structure again, uh, or the campaign, because that's the only thing you can't do in co-op is the actual, you know, single-player campaign part of it. And uh, got to the point now where Amita said, make sure you have everything in order. Basically, I'm at the last mission. So I've, I've almost gotten through the game a second time already. Uh, but now I have all this new mission stuff opened up in the in the northern region. So now uh, Stoffner and I can go in and, and, and co-op it again. It's so freaking fun co-op. It's it's it sucks you in. I mean, we played one sitting in like seven hours. It was so easy, and we could have kept going, but we ran out of stuff to do. Like there was nothing else to do. Uh, I mean, we could go look for masks and all that, but pff, who cares about that? Uh, it's still fun. It's still awesome, and and I, I just I can't say enough about it and how good it is and now the cool thing is um some people have been asking like what about the ps3 version how's the ps3 version and and, you know we didn't get that for review so i emailed the uh the pr rep and i said hey would there be any chance of getting a hold of the ps3 version and he goes yeah he goes uh yeah i'll send i'll send one over and and instead of sending that he sent like the whole freaking humongous statue edition of the ps3 version Oh man! Yeah, so I finally got something. Uh, yeah, so I, I opened it up the other day, and I actually put the PS3 version in yesterday, and streamed it for a little while. It's about an hour and a half, and it's up on YouTube now. Uh, gotta say, pretty impressed with it on PS3. It's it's uh, very similar to the PS4 game. Obviously, the PS4 version has a lot more visuals, et cetera, et cetera, but uh, not bad at all so far. So, although it did seem like. Uh, getting to certain places was different. So there do seem like some differences. And I don't know if, if maybe it's just because I was kind of drunk on Sunday or what. So I got to go back and watch the video. But it seemed like uh, traversal to certain places was a little bit different. Um, or I was just drunk. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, if you're, if you're interested, go to our uh, PS Nation channel over on YouTube. And uh, you can check that video out. It just went up today, so that's definitely there to watch. Also, I did put the video up of Josh and I on stage at PSX, so that video is up on our YouTube channel as well if you're interested yeah. in that silliness. Um, next up, <clears throat> I was streaming a lot this week. So uh, I mentioned last week that I was gifted the uh, Halo Master Chief Collection on, on Xbox One. Uh, by the way, that took over 30 hours to install. <laughs> <laughs> it was just nuts. Uh, but I got in and started playing the Halo 2 Anniversary Edition. I was going to play some multiplayer, and I didn't realize that they were still having a lot of problems with um, playlists on there, so I couldn't get into a match, really. So I went and started playing the story. Now, I have Halo 2, the the Steelbook one on Xbox. On Xbox? Or is that Xbox 360? It's an Xbox. Um, so I'd played it a little bit before. So I pulled this one up, and, I mean, they did a really nice job with the visuals, and it looks like they redid all of the uh, cinematics. Like, they're really nicely done. But I quickly realized that Halo 2 is pretty much just a bunch of horde modes. Like, you traverse for a little while, and all of a sudden, boom, horde mode. And then you traverse for a little while more, and boom, horde mode. I'm like, really? So, and to me, it still feels like, in a late 90s PC game. It's very stiff uh, in terms of the movement and the controls. There's The dead zone's really weird on it, and I really couldn't get used to it at all. Uh, I kept messing with it, too, but I was having a problem with the dead zones on the controller. Um, I don't know. I, I played it for a while, and then I finally got tired of it and turned it off. But, you know, I gave it the old college try for like two and a half hours, something like that. But then I got a, a message, and Josh, you should have this message, too. Um... 
that I got the Halo 5 beta early. Because apparently anybody that's in that dashboard preview program got the Halo 5 beta early. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, you never did it. Okay. So I downloaded that and loaded it up on, I think it was Saturday morning, and played it for a couple hours, uh, and I felt like I was playing Call of Duty. (laughs) Especially after just playing the Halo 2 uh, uh, Anniversary Edition so much. I got into this, and like you can aim down the sights with a trigger. Uh, you can run, which there's no run in Halo 2 at all. Um, all kinds of weird stuff. You could, you could climb up on ledges. You could. Uh, it has a boost, like a little boost, like Advanced Warfare. It's got that even. And it was just weird, but it still had like the, the Halo set of rules, basically. So I would plug a guy in the head with my with the, with the standard machine gun, and it would take a whole clip to kill him in the head. Uh, stuff like that. So it it felt kind of Halo-ish, but at the same time felt very COD-ish. And I was saying on the on the stream, I'm like, wow, if Halo fans were pissed off at Halo Four for being a little bit too much Halo, they're not going to like Five at all because it's seriously it, it's a lot of Call of Duty mechanics in it. Uh, I think it looks good. They said that the visuals weren't the biggest thing for this. I mean, there's a lot of aliasing, that sort of thing. But I think overall, the looks were really good. Uh, it controlled well. I mean, I was I was actually doing pretty well. I, I was the top performer on my team a couple of times. Um, but I, I was saying on the stream, I said I would never... I don't see myself ever saying, you know what, I'm going to stop playing Killzone Shadowfall or Call of Duty or Battlefield to play this. I just don't see it being good enough to warrant me stopping some of these other games to play it. So, I mean, there's Halo fans out there that are going to play it because they're Halo fans. But for me, I think it's I think it's a good start, and it's pretty good overall, but I prefer the other ones more right now. So, hmm. but I mean, it was just a multiplayer. It wasn't anything single-player or anything like that. But I did kind of laugh at it. I'm like, wow, you can, holy crap, you can aim down the sights and actually use it. Except it still does the Halo thing where if you get shot while you're aiming down the sights... It pulls out of it, so then you have to hit the trigger again to to go back into it. It's so ugh, it's so counterintuitive. Um, but yeah, so the, the, I put that up on YouTube as well. I said any, from now on, anytime we stream something that's not on PlayStation, we're going to call it a gaming tangent. So if you ever see anything labeled gaming tangent, that's that means it's not on PlayStation. But we're still streaming it because we're gamers, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like like you said, we were playing some more Drive Club. Uh, man, the new weather stuff is insane. Uh, and the new tracks are really good. I've, I've been enjoying the new tracks so far. I've been trying some of the new uh, single-player stuff uh, that was DLC, and wow, it is difficult. Uh, they are not screwing around on the DLC right away. It's, it's very, very tough. Um, and also, a big update to Killzone Shadowfall happened. So they added this new thing, uh, this new Valor system, which is kind of similar to what you've seen in some other games. Uh, but you earn this, these Valor points as you play. And the cool thing is you can cash them in for some pretty decent items. So there's uh, a ran- there's two random boxes that you can buy. There's one for 30,000 Valor points and one for 150,000 Valor points. And it's kind of like the XP system on some other games, but uh, this is actually like spendable XP, which is really nice. So... I bought one of the 150 ones, and I got a new voice pack. So these are the voice packs that you could actually purchase off the PSN store. I got it just with Valor Points. And it's cool because uh, I got it. The first voice pack I got is the lead voice actor for Japan, for the game in Japan. 
so it's all his stuff. And then I got the, the, the other voice pack that I got is like this old grizzled veteran. So he's just like, back in my day, we didn't have spawn points. We had to throw a little grenade. It was crazy. They were everywhere. I mean, it just says some random shit like that all the time. Hmm. And I just got Rico, too, from uh, the original Kill Zone. So he's like, what the fuck's a oh, Shakespeare? Cool. So, yeah, it's really it's, it's cool, though. I mean, it's for once, I mean, you, you don't see this very often where the XP and, and all the stuff that you're building up can actually result in something like tangible. So, like, I got a new, I got a new uniform pack. I got some new voice packs, and you can unlock weapons, all kinds of stuff. So, I, I really like what they're doing with it. And uh, it, it, the interface has changed a little bit. I mean, it, Killzone still has kind of a, it's not, I wouldn't say a cluttered interface, but there's a lot going on on their interface, like just getting around the menus and everything else. So hopefully, they can figure that out on the next Killzone. But um, yeah, and and actually, we were all playing it, and everybody, everybody was saying the same thing. Like, it's. It just felt better this time, so we think that they've been tweaking the controls a little bit too. Uh, but yeah, been playing a decent amount of Killzone Shadowfall last few days actually. Um, and then Sony had Gran Turismo Six, the digital version, on sale for like I think it was fifteen bucks or twenty bucks. So I picked it up because I just wanted to have it on the hard drive. So I took a day and deleted the disc version off and. Downloaded the the DLC version and got everything loaded up, and so I had you know I had to go play it. So I picked up a couple of new cars. I actually picked up that uh, Chevy Chaparral, which they were showing at PSX. That that car that was there, mm, yeah, it's got this whole new propulsion system and everything. You can go from like zero to two hundred and I think like six or seven seconds. It's just ridiculous to drive. So I was playing with that. I was playing some other stuff. You know, it was one of those situations where I'm just going to go check this out for five minutes, and then two hours later, you're still playing. Because Gran Turismo 6 is that damn good. Uh, and then playing more Super Mega Baseball, just working on my season right now. Uh, it's funny. I'm on Ego 55 right now out of 99. And it's challenging. It's really challenging. And then I see on the leaderboards that Rock has been playing on the PS3, and he's up to like 75, and he's just crushing my scores. But that's Rock for you. He's like the baseball wunderkind. Uh, and then I was just talking to Josh before we recorded. Started watching this show. It's a BBC show called Broadchurch, uh, which a lot of people are kind of With saying the it's the doctor. It's, it's, yeah, it's the doctor. Um, which one is it? It's not Eccleston. It's um, Tennant. Tennant. David Tennant, yeah. <clears throat> and actually the guy that played in that movie about how Doctor Who got started. The guy that played uh, the first Doctor is in this, too. He's, he's the janitor at, at Hogwarts, too. Um, but it's cool. It, it, a lot of people kind of liken it to a show called The Killing, uh, which there's a remake over here, obviously. But this script has actually uh, existed five years before The Killing did. Uh, it's pretty interesting, though. This, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but it's, it's, it's a really interesting movie and, or uh, TV show, and I'm only about halfway through for season one. I believe there's a season two, which... Curious how that's going to happen, but um, yeah, it's 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 really good. I just started watching it yesterday, and then a show that everybody's been trying to get me to watch for a long time. I think it was on, a, I think it was on Showtime or something. It, only, it was only on for two season seasons with uh, Adam Scott and a bunch of other people. A show called Party Down, and it's actually a bunch of the people from Veronica Mars. Because when Veronica Mars, they didn't know if it was going to get picked up or not, so they they actually went and started working on this show. So a bunch of the people in this are from Veronica Mars. Like, even Kristen Bell made an appearance. Um, 
her dad and Veronica Mars showed up on the first episode. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams is on an episode. Yeah. Um, but it's like, the, it's just these caterers in Hollywood and they're just total, they're, they're terrible people. And, uh, it's a good show though. There's a lot of, a lot of names that, that appear in the episodes. So, so far I'm enjoying it. It's really neat. Very low budget, but very funny. Jane Lynch is in it. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, Adam Scott. Um, oh, and did you hear that, uh, Silicon Valley season two starts in April? Nice. Yep. Heard that the other day and I freaked out. So that's it for me. So you never got to watch um, Sonic Highways? Not yet. Dude. I know. I want to be able to actually sit down and focus on that. Because a lot, I mean, I don't have cable, so I just kind of turn on Netflix and let stuff go. It's eight hours. I understand that, <laughs> but I also have a few days downtime with Christmas here. Yeah. So I've, I've got I'm, I've got HBO Go on my on my mobile device, and I can run that on the Chromecast or on the Amazon Fire Stick or whatever. And uh, so I'm going to be probably watching it on Friday. I just have to get Rock's HBO Go account. Fantastic. <laughs> no, I know everybody's been telling me that. I just haven't had time to watch it. Yeah. So I will. I love the new album. Yeah. I adore it. Me too. It's, I was saying their last album was one of their best albums ever. I think this one surpasses that. Uh, I I think it's great in different ways. I I really love their last album. I mean, Wasted Light to me is probably one of the best rock albums I, I own that I've ever heard. It's, it's so damn good. This one is so diverse, though, and so powerful. Like, it, it has a more intimate, an intimate feel to me. So, which I think yeah. is true. I mean, the way that they did the albums and everything. And now, I don't know if you heard, but he wants to do another one like that. Oh, I hope so. I know. I was like, holy shit, yes. Because it was fantastic. It's it's so cool the way they did it. And when you watch, see, you've been listening to the album now for a while. So when you actually watch and as you're watching it, you'll pick up where lines and things come from yeah. and how all the lyrics came together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I talked about it on here. I was, I was telling, Oh, you actually, probably did. <laughs> no, I don't Especially think when did. you and Stuart went on a 40 minute rant about it. Uh, maybe I did my neighbor. I was talking to him about it. Uh, he had friends over and I was over there. Um, but, uh, the way they did it, because it was never clear. It's never really clear in the show how it was done. Yeah. Um, and he was on NPR and talked about it, uh, where they wrote all the music beforehand. Okay. Um, not, not complete songs, but they wrote, you know, the basic, all right, here's the basic beat and here's the basic feel of what this song is going to be. Yeah. So they wrote them all and had them all ready to go. And then they figured out, all right, this song feels like a New York song. This song feels like Chicago. This song feels definitely like Seattle, you know? Okay. So they kind of assigned each of the songs to a city, each of the, each of the musical parts to a city. Then they would roll in to the city. And during that week, 
that they were there, uh, the guys would be working out their parts of the song and laying down the tracks and everything. And he would, Dave would be out like doing the interviews. Right. So he would, you know, and he'd be back in the studio. He'd be like, no, let's work with this. Let's change this. You know, so they were, they were kind of shaping the song. They had the kind of the base of it there and they were shaping it a little bit. And he would come in, he would get, you know, all of his transcripts of the interviews and then sit down and write the lyrics, you know, picking bits and pieces out of the transcripts and then record the the vocals that next day. And Mm -hmm. that last day they were there basically. And that was it. And that's how they, they pieced everything together. So it's insane. It is. <laughs> uh, and it was pretty cool. It's fantastic the way it turned out. Oh, yeah. And when you see it and when you see it. And, and the other cool thing was um, in the first episode, they have somebody there. And I don't remember if he says it in the episode or not. Um, but he turned to them at one point and says, so, all right are you going to put me on the album or what? And they were like, well, I hadn't thought about that, but sure. Why not? (laughs) And then it became a thing. He's like, well, that's really cool. You know, we, we interview all these different people and we take one of them and put them on the song, but we don't tell anybody, you know, it's like a surprise at the end of the show when you see the video for it and, and they're doing that performance and they'll go like sometimes three quarters of the way through the song or almost to the end of the song. And then the person pops in and is playing or, or doing whatever. And you're right. like, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Because then it became a game, you know, because you're watching it like, is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be this guy. I know it's going to be that. <laughs> Holy shit. It wasn't that. Who's this guy? <laughs> it's it's really guy? cool. He's nobody. He's nobody. Yeah, it's it's neat the way they do it. So they had kind of a guest on, well, they had a guest essentially on every single song. Yeah. Uh, and it's neat to see who it is each time and how they work them in. Um cuz some are are genuine surprises, I thought. Um but it turns out so so beautiful. It's such a great album. I agree. I agree. Oh. There's not a stinker on that album. Yeah. 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 So, all right. That it for you? I think so. Okay. I can't. You I can't remember. remember. Yeah, there was something <laughs> big. I can't remember what it was. All right, that's fine. All right. Well, let's take our break. When we come back, uh, Josh will review uh, Siberia, and then remember, folks. Last week, he promised that we'd have emails this week, so uh, we'll look forward to some of those emails and catching up on those. And uh, we'll get the hell out of here.
we're back. And uh, before we get to the review, Josh, I have to let you know that uh, Lisa Woods on our Facebook group called you out. For what? And said that you had way too many spoilers for Lego Batman 3. Spoilers? She said that you were spoiling like even up to the last quarter of the game. I'm like, I don't think, no. That's not possible. I haven't played to the yeah, last quarter Yeah, that's what I said. And I'm only 5% <laughs> in. And I've, I've played for hours and I'm 5% done. Yeah, I've I've played for a huge number of hours, and my percentage, I don't think it's even a quarter of the way in. Yeah, it's a huge game. Yeah, I, to, there's no way I spoil I'm trying to find it now, but thing, things get so buried on Facebook so quickly. Here we go. Uh, Glenn Percival, with all due respect, can the spoilers and reviews be toned down, please? What? Uh, Lego Batman 3 spoiler after spoiler on story and locations in the game on this podcast. I understand setting up the story, but when the review is spoiling things and locations that happened in the last quarter of the game, in my view, is going too far. Hope this is taken the correct way and can be rectified in the future. <laughs> oh, did because I mentioned that eventually you get to the, the lantern planets? Maybe, I, but I don't they, think that's even close to the end of the game. But and you know that, that it's going to be in there when you first start the game. I mean, all the lanterns show up. and Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I figured that that's, I, if that was a spoiler, I'm sorry. I, I I didn't think that was, and I'm usually very conscious of those things, but yeah. they were making a big deal about that in all the marketing. They they told me that at, at Comic-Con, and I thought I mentioned that in the Comic-Con coverage. I that did too, actually. You play at the Lantern, you play on the Lantern Planet. That was a big part of their push. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, if that's what I spoiled, I'm I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll be more conscious of that in the future. Um, just wait till I spoil the crap out of Siberia. No. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean that 15 year old game? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, um, I'll be careful with that. Um, All right. So, but speaking of that, not that specifically, uh, the affiliate links. Yeah. I went through to fix some things, to add some things, and then I went through and found out there were a bunch of new ones we could add. Cool. So, I've also reorganized the page a little bit, made it alphabetical. Really? <laughs> because that was getting out of control. Say what? Um, so, we have added, and when this podcast goes out, they will all be up there. There's one that's not there yet, but it will be there. All right. We have Amazon... Of course, yeah. U.S., Canada, U.K., Germany, France, Spain, Italy. By the way, um, we've now had one thing bought on our French link. Nice. It's been around for, what, probably a year? No, over a Two year. Years. Yeah. yeah. We finally had one thing bought on our French one, and it's some book. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was screwing around like a couple nights ago on the party chat, and they were asking about stuff, and I'm like, I wonder if we ever sold anything in France. And I went and looked at it. I'm like, oh, my God, we, we somebody bought a book. Well, I actually used the UK one a couple times recently. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I went looking for – I forget what I was looking for. But I was oh, uh, I wanted to get first light the physical copy before it disappears. Uh huh. Like it hit me. I was like oh, and I looked it up and I was like, well, that's you know, it wasn't too expensive. Um, but when I was there, I saw Digs uh, for Wonder Book, and I was like, fuck, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. And that was dirt cheap, so I grabbed Shit. it. 
Um, and then the other day I finally broke down cause I went looking again around the internet and I was like, you know what? Disney is never bringing the 3d Blu-ray for frozen over here. So I just ordered it through the UK. That makes no a, sense. I know it's a, well, it's that. And, um, Oh, what was the one with Angelina Jolie as the witch? Maleficent. Yes. That one is not 3d here either. But it is everywhere else in the world. What the fuck? I know. Yeah. It's it's so fucked up. And there were all these rumors that they were holding off on Frozen until this Christmas. And it was going to be this big new Blu-ray and this big push. And yeah. I finally, <laughs> I was like, uh, Christmas is in a couple days. <laughs> I give up. And I just decided to order it. So <laughs> it's Now you'll find come. out next week that... Uh... No, <laughs> but it's not going to come till January anyway, but yeah. that's fine. I don't care. Um, I mean, he wants to watch it often enough well, and it's sitting on the DVR. No, he's not, but I want to have it in 3d well, sure. for when it's, and it's one of those things where it's Disney and they'll pull it from the shelves of and course. then it'll be 150 bucks. And then super Blu-ray will be out. Amazon third-party sellers or eBay or some bullshit like that. So yeah, I figured I should get it before it disappears and just have it. Sure. I want to see it in 3D anyway. Okay. You know, I've still never seen that movie all the way through. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. No, I, I really want to see it. Not spectacular, but it's good. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I'll finally have to hear that song. So, all right. So, got all the Amazon ones. Okay. We have added Barnes and Noble. That still exists. Yes. Wow. Uh, we have added Best Buy. Ooh, what? Finally. Wow. Yes. Uh, then we have the EA Origin Store. I'm just going down the alphabetical here. Yeah, I'm looking uh, too. GameStop. Go Hastings. Micromatic, which is the uh, brewery stuff. Actually, uh, somebody bought a stuff. buttload from that. Oh, that's good. And it was funny because I got an email saying that our domain was removed. I'm like, what? So I emailed him back. I'm like, what? what's going on here? And then the guy got back to me like three days later. He goes, no, 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 no. We have a queue system to, to, so we can do credit checks and stuff. And he goes, you were removed from that. Sorry. It, it was a weird email. He's like, no, no, everything's fine. <laughs> we're all fine here now. <clears throat> Uh, then we have the Microsoft store. <laughs> that's, the one, that's the one I saw. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw it there and I wasn't going to do it. And I thought, you know what? <sighs> they've got tablets. They've got computers. They've got Xbox games if people want them. Yeah. Somebody asked me from Thailand to get them a fit thing, whatever the Microsoft fit band. Uh, Microsoft has one now? They've got several. Well, because there's um, Fitbit, but I don't think that's owned by Microsoft. No, they have several of them. Um, oh, boy. But there's a Microsoft store near me, so they don't have them. They've been out of stock online, and this is the one he wants, so I told him I'd look. Um, but I thought, yeah, maybe if people want it, it's there. You know, sure. I just figured I'd put it up. Um, Play Asia. Huzzah. Yeah, this one, uh, it was a weird setup, and uh, I finally got in there and, and figured it out. And this one I'm excited for. I will be using this one quite a bit. Although, technically, I'm not supposed to, but I'll use a different account. 
Well, this one is set up as a search box. Yeah. Uh, right there. So you just search and it takes you right to the site. And once you're there, you're there through our link. So it should work from that yeah, point. That's pretty awesome. Um, uh, Rakuten, which is buy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rift Tracks, which I put a new banner up. Oh, yeah, Manos. you put a Manos one up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tiger Direct Canada, I reapplied for Tiger Direct US. We'll see. <laughs> I just love that they're the ones that have that have turned us down. I know. Out of all these other ones, they're the ones that turned us Even Microsoft Store we have, but yep. not, not good old TigerDirect.com. Microsoft Store, I see, I went in and I applied for Best Buy and Barnes & Noble and Microsoft Store, and before I even got to the next one, I got the email back saying Microsoft well, Store is approved. That's funny. <laughs> like, well, that was quick. Yeah. Um, and Walmart, of oh. course. So we well, have there you a- go. If you want to order one of those PS4s for three thirty mm-hmm. to pick up in the store, hit our link. Yep. So we have all of those now, and I'm still looking to see if there's. I mean, anybody out there, if there's like a store that you use a lot online, and you want to do this, you want to use an affiliate link through us, and you know, kind of donate to us that way. Yeah. Um, help us out that way. Let me know and I'll look because the links that I have access to, it's insane. I'm looking through, I'm scrolling through these links. I'm like, I've never heard of half these places. <laughs> I've never heard of 90% of these places, but there are, I think it's like 1400 different links I could, I could attach to. Wow. Um, and since I've never heard of most of them, I wasn't doing it. But, you know, like Barnes & Noble and Microsoft and uh, Best Buy, I was excited to see Best Buy. So Yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm putting up the big ones that I think uh, our listeners might be interested in. So Nice. There we go. Very awesome. <clears throat> They're going so. crazy this month. I was just looking through some of that stuff before. Yeah, like I said, we can see what people buy. We just can't see who buys it or anything, but we can go in and see like what uh, what people are getting. And uh, I'm trying to see like if there's any crazy, a lot of baby stuff, which is cool. Very awesome, a lot of books. Holy balls! See, books Frozen the one. Junior novelization, <laughs> <laughs> Harry people Potter hardcover box set one through seven, all the books, hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. So thanks to everybody for using these, by the way, because they do really help. Um, yes, they do. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you you wouldn't believe how much they help. Um, just trying to see if there's like multiple purchases of one thing. Logitech M100 USB optical wired mouse, six of them. Wow. Well, what you might see. Wow, a lot of hard. Holy shit! Look at all the hard drives. Well, I was going to say, with oh uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all those mm-hmm. deals that were going on, you'll probably see bunches of things here and there. I think we probably on... have 30 or 40 hard drives on here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure hard drives were shit. on sale at one point, that they were like a lightning deal. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of lightning deal type stuff. I'd be surprised if you didn't see like bunches of like Assassin's Creed and things like that, because those all, almost every recent <gasps> PS4 game hit. Somebody Lightning bought Battleship on, uh, on Blu-ray. Ooh, 
Was it you? <laughs> no. Did you it forget? Me. It was probably you. I don't own that on Blu-ray. You do now. Nope. Uh, fourteen copies of Guardians of the Galaxy 3D. No, fifteen. And then a bunch of non-3D. Um. Sorry, this stuff just fascinates me. Oh, and a ton of gift cards. And by the way, folks, if you guys buy gift cards, we do get credit for that, and we actually get 10% on gift cards. So, like... That's nice. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, uh, for those of you that have bought, like, uh, PSN cards, Amazon gift cards, all that kind of stuff, we actually get a really good percentage out of those. For I don't know how they do it, but, um, yeah, thank you. Holy crap. A lot of them this month. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see here. I just want to get down to the video games, but they're so far down the list. Music, a ton of music. Holy shit. All right. Uh, toys and games. I just got an email. Uh huh. Please be advised that we have a revised delivery date for the items you ordered. Uh huh. From Amazon UK. Uh huh. You'll get them in 2017. Yikes. Yeah. A little bit later in January. Well, yeah. That's okay. Let's see. Assassin's Creed Unity for PS4. Two people bought that. Oh, no. You know what this one was? Yeah. Because uh, this was, they didn't have this one. Child of Light Complete Edition PlayStation Vita. Estimated arrival date January 14th to January 19th. Nice. Because it's a physical copy. Oh, okay. Yeah. How cool yeah. is that? And it comes with like a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Nice. nice. Anyway, yeah, I'm down so, that, I'm down that rabbit hole now. Yeah, all the um, games. Well, just total total items shipped over a thousand items shipped. Jeez. Yeah, that's awesome. One item returned. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I mean, it really does help. And uh, now we're in total save up mode because E3. Uh, you know, we've. We're probably going to take four people again to E3, and we're going to have to have a couple of hotel rooms and a rental and everything else, and that stuff adds up really quickly. So uh, this this really helps us out quite a bit. So thank you, folks. Thank you so much. And for all those people that do the PayPal thing still, uh, which is, is still pretty awesome. Like every now and then you get like, oh, you got a payment, and it's a monthly thing, and we can't thank you enough for that. Yes. So, awesome. Yeah. Do your review. My review. Stop stalling. Siberia. So, Siberia. Uh, this game came out on the PS2 and Xbox. Uh huh. I missed it entirely. Didn't know what this was uh, way back when. I played it on PC, I think. It was on PC as well. Yeah. Yes. So, I went, <clears throat> when I was on my little kick looking for... Uh, Xbox only games, um, you know, to try to fill out the, the library, yeah, so to speak. Uh, cause I'm thinking, all right, old, old Xbox games, they're cheap, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they were, <clears throat> so I ran across this and I was like, what? I've never heard of this thing. And the cover looked interesting. And then I looked it up. I was like, that was on PS2. What the, so then I looked up <laughs> more information on it. And found out that it ran better on the original Xbox than on the PS2. So I thought, all right, well, it's cheap. It was like under five bucks, so I got it. Well, there's a whole series. Um, I think there's like one, two, and three. Well, there's two. There's a third one that's in development now. 
Okay, that's what and it's doing. supposed to come out next year. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, this was actually a very well received game. the The first two were actually pretty well received um, when they came out. So it's it's kind of a point and click adventure type adventure game. Um, kind of like the old, uh, uh, like day of the tentacle, like LucasArts types games, um, uh, King's quest and things like that, uh, to a certain extent. So it's really interesting. Um, and the big thing about it is the story and the setting, uh, and they're fantastic. Uh, the the story it's set in sort of modern day, which is the weird thing, um, because <laughs> you're in this French village, um, somewhere in the Alps, um, or at the foot of the Alps, or somewhere around there. Yeah, and you're a lawyer, uh, this woman Kate Walker, and. You're there because you are trying to uh, complete the sale of this factory um, that has been there for, I think, over a century, uh, this toy factory. So and I'm, uh, this is – I'm not spoiling anything. I'm being careful here. <laughs> um, when do you get to the to the Green Lantern planet? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Well, right at the see, end of the game? You, you know all this in the first – 10 seconds of the game. Okay. Um, the owner of the factory died. Okay. So now things are kind of thrown up in the air. Like, well, what do you do? The owner is dead. So you need to complete the sale of this factory. Um, and you get drawn into this village and this world and you have to track somebody else down and you have to do more stuff. And the cool thing about it is um, this factory has been making uh, automatons, basically little, um, not robots. Uh, (laughs) They say, don't call them robots. Um, but they've been making all these things. Uh, kind of like little Hugos. <clears throat> sort of. Little animatronic uh, people. It's It's got a bit of a steampunk vibe to it. A little bit. Um, but they're all like clockwork type things. Um, so they need to be wound up and everything. And, and that's how the game starts. It literally... You're standing there and up the stairs coming up over the horizon line on these stairs, you see this like clockwork drummer slowly making his way up the stairs in this weird robotic fashion. Yeah. Uh, followed by the pallbearers and everything that are all in their animatronic robotic fashion. And it's just weird. It's so surreal. Um, but that's what this whole village is. It's this weird little village and it's interesting because of that. You, you get drawn into this, the, the graphics themselves, they're really, really beautiful. Um, they look hand drawn. Um, the only problem with that is it feels like you're walking through a painting 
um, because you really don't make a dent in anything as you're okay. walking through the, there's puddles on the ground. You walk across them and it's, it's like they don't even exist. You know, there's no evidence that you've stepped in the puddle. Um, doesn't change anything. Uh, you hear the water rushing by in the river, but the river doesn't move or anything on screen. Right. Um, now I know cause I, I, I looked this up in the PC version, the river is running and everything. So this looks like it's a straight port of the old PS2 and Xbox one. Oh, okay. Um, like they didn't do much of anything to it and you can really feel it in the controls. Um, really for somebody who's going to be interested in this, you have to kind of turn back the clock, so to speak. Um, and get yourself in that 2002 mindset. Um, it feels like a nineties PC game. Mm -hmm. It really does. Uh, it plays kind of like a nineties PC game. I got caught up on invisible things constantly. Um, Okay. Yeah. It's, it's weird because like I said, it feels like you're walking through a painting um, just because of the way the backgrounds are and how gorgeous they are, but they're very static and you'll have to find your way down very narrow places. Um, so the controls can be a little frustrating at times and they can be a lot frustrating at times. <laughs> I had a couple times where I just got caught up somewhere in something and I couldn't move. Um, and by couldn't move, I meant I'm spinning the the stick around and she's walking in place, spinning in circles, not moving. Like I was totally stuck. Yeah. And I had to reset the game. Um, fortunately, there are tons of checkpoints in it uh, and it auto saves. So you just jump right back in and you can avoid that spot. Um, but it's frustrating when it happens multiple times. Um, it's frustrating kind of moving through the area. I'd get stuck somewhere and I'm like, I've done everything. I've looked at everything. Why can't I move on? What am I missing? Yeah. So I went to look it up online and I looked at a video and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. There's this, (laughs) there's a spot between this machinery and this wall that you can walk down and you can see it on this PC version of the playthrough. And I'm like, but I tried walking down there and I couldn't get there <laughs> because of the way it works. You're walking into a scene and you see it from this angle and you move a little bit and the scene changes and you're seeing it from a different angle. Yeah. Well, from the first angle, it doesn't look like I can get there from the second angle. It looks like I should be able to walk down this area. And I was trying to, and I couldn't get there. Couldn't get there. Couldn't you have to do it from the first one, but you have to move all the way over to that corner and walk all the way up on that side. So the scene doesn't change and then walk down that area. I was running into little things like that where I'm like, well, this is just bullshit. I would never have known. How would I have known to get there? (laughs) So it's an exercise in frustration, but that being said, I'm still playing it like it. 
I get frustrated, but the story is really intriguing. It looks so beautiful. And I, I mean, let's face it. You and I have both played a ton of these types of games. Oh yeah. So it's enough for me that I want to keep playing it and I want to see where it goes. Cause I never played it in the originals, you know, I, sure, sure. I, I put it in, in the Xbox to see that it worked and I kind of looked at the beginning of it and that was about it. I never got to really, really get into it or play it. Uh, it's a really interesting story because you're, you're trying to find somebody and you're basically making your way, uh, across all these different settings. And I mean, it's, it's one of those point and click type games and there are a lot of puzzles in it, a lot of logical type puzzles sure. that you need to figure out. And None of them are too tough. I mean, I just, I get into those spots where I'm like, well, I, I, how do I get there? It's, I know what I need to do. I just can't seem to figure out how to make it happen. And it's, it's just in the way the game is designed. Um, You know, and it's, it's kind of a shame. It would have been nice if they could have found some money to do like a little bit of an update to it or do, you know, a little bit of a cleanup in in the way it handles um with three well, that coming takes away out the charm josh uh, <laughs> with three coming out it would be like a really nice introduction and i think it, i think this might turn off some people who just aren't used to this type of game yeah um it's it's a tough sell to people who aren't used to this type of game in the first place, but you add on that layer of complexity with the controls um, because of how outdated the controls really are. Yeah. Uh, that I, I'm afraid people aren't going to give it a chance or they'll get into it and be like, oh, oh, and just drop it quickly. <laughs> um, because you'll notice it immediately. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you'll walk and you'll walk to a wall. And of course the legs keep moving. Right. You know, she stopped in one place, but the legs keep moving. So you don't get that, um, sort of that polish that you have on newer games. Um, it's an older game, you know, and, and it plays the way it plays. So, um, I really like it. Uh, I'm about halfway through, halfway to three quarters of the way through, I think, at this point. Um, it's probably a good 10 to 12 hours at least. Wow. Um, so it's not a small game. No, not at all. Um, I really kind of hope that they bring two back to the PS3 as well. Sure. Uh, so that they have that build up for, for three when it comes out next year. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. It's a tough call on the on the score here. I think I give it a seven. Okay, <clears throat> it's a good game. Uh, it's a really cool story. It's beautiful, um, but it lacks a lot of that polish. You know that that a game really, I think, would benefit. This would benefit from a little more polish. Yeah. Uh, so I think you you kind of have that problem there. Um, it's, it's too bad that it sounds like it's pretty much just a straight port. Yeah. Clean it up a little bit more. And that's the thing, you know, if it, if it's 
if it's the type of game that you can get into, if you can put up with with the uh, with the little problems it has there in terms of controls, yeah, it's worth it. I think um, if you like that adventure type game, um, logic-y puzzle type game, sure. Uh, because some of the settings and some of the things you do are just freaking fascinating. Oh yeah, uh, you know the voice work is really good. Uh, the music is good. Um, there, there's one or two characters where the, the, <laughs> the voice work is terrible. Um, that's always overall, the case in those games. Yeah. I mean, the main character, the main characters that you have in the game are, are pretty fantastic, um, in terms of, uh, voice work. So, nice. uh, I just, she has a cell phone and, and the thing is she gets these calls. Everybody she gets a call from, I, I just want to punch him in the face. They're such, <laughs> they're such asses. Yeah. Um, but they're designed to be that way. It's just, it's frustrating. I'm like, just hang up on them. <laughs> just, you don't want to talk to these jerks. Just Maybe hang she's up too on stupid. Them. She doesn't know how to uh, hang up a phone. Yeah. It's cool though. Um, it's, it's worth a look if, if you like this type of game, definitely. Nice. All right. Yeah. All right. Off to the promised emails, huh? Oh. Oh. I remembered uh, one thing. I for, I forgot uh, the Foo Fighters thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're on our way home tonight. And I say to Mason, do you know what you want for dinner? And he scrunches up his face like he's thinking. <laughs> and he goes, mm, I want Foo Fighters. <laughs> I went, you want Foo Fighters for dinner? I said, well, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd be happy to have Foo Fighters over for dinner. He's like, I want Foo Fighters in the kitchen for dinner. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I wish I was recording that. I'd send it right to Dave Grohl and see if we could get Foo Fighters. There in the you kitchen go. They could dinner. do an. They could do a song in your house. <laughs> I was like, that would be fantastic. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> wow, your kid. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Oh, this is a long one. What the first? Yeah, the first email. Uh-huh. Uh, greet, greetings from Germany, y'all. Oh, we are from Germany. Uh, he says, hello, Glenn and Jeff. Or who is this? Uh, da, 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 da. He never gave us his name. Or Oh, yeah, Oliver. Oh, it's Oliver. Okay. Uh, hey, Glenn and Josh, I hope you have enough time to read my email. My name is Oliver from Nuremberg, Germany. I'm a huge fan of your podcast, listening for at least five years. Whoa. Remember Martin from Japan? Martin! He's been uh, on for a while. Yeah. Normally, I don't write you emails because my English isn't so good, but I have a question. I'm a huge Yakuza fan. No, not the criminal organization. I mean the video game. (laughs) Well, make sure that you make that uh, very clear. Uh, I wondered why Sega, when they started developing a Yakuza game, don't hire two or three Japanese-English students to translate the Japanese subtitles right into English. No, they should talk to Martin. <laughs> Martin! Uh, I mean, even the original Yakuza games have subtitles. Isn't the whole subtitle thing just a text file in a game? Well, it's not really that simple. Uh, I'm very glad that Sega at least announced Yakuza 5 for PS3 at the PS Experience, but I'm not sure if Yakuza 0 prequel for PS4 is coming to the West. Maybe you could ask a Sega employee when you see some. <laughs> you know, because we see them all the time. <laughs> if we ever see some. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, because there's nobody there from Sega at uh, PSX. Yeah. Uh, keep, keep up the good work. Uh, by the way, here in Germany, the PlayStation 4 is the most popular console. There are over 1.2 million consoles sold. So you oh. see, we Germans don't spend our whole money on beer, cars, and sausages. I don't see a problem with that. Beers, um, cars, sausages, and pretzels. Yeah. Yeah, we get the pretzels, yeah. Uh, and then he sent us a YouTube video of a German PlayStation 4 commercial, which obviously we can't play here. But um, No, it's not as easy as just a simple text file. Uh, you, It depends on the game. I mean, there are some games where it was built right into the graphic system itself. Um, yeah, it's it, localization's weird. It, it takes more than you think uh, to get things into English correctly. And, and, you know, with PlayStation trying to be so uh, global... They actually have a whole like division that just does all their translations for like Latin America, for um, Japanese to English, uh, back to Japanese, the whole thing. So uh, the thing is, Sega's not really what it used to be, and and they're not as big as they used to be, and and I think that's why, you know, there was so much going on about bringing Yakuza Five to the to the U.S. because. They don't really have the resources to do that kind of thing anymore. And that's why, like, Atlas and I think NIS both have their own in-house translators now uh, to do all that stuff. But Sega doesn't really have those resources, and they never really have had those resources in the in the U.S. They've always had to contract out, from what I've understood. And that's what's so great about the fact that Sony kind of got in the middle and said, we need to get Yakuza 5 out over here. And I, it, it, from yeah. what it sounds like... I got a little frustrated when we got back from PSX because somebody, uh, like right away, somebody started a stupid online petition about, we want a physical copy of Yakuza 5. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> Sony just just like stepped up just to get the game over here, number yeah. one. And I, I don't think love. people understand that it's not Sega. From what it sounds like, from everything I've heard, Sony's publishing it over here. Yeah, I would love to have a physical copy, but yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where... You know, they they said, what games do you want? What games are we missing? What games do you want? And, of course, Yakuza was one of them, a big one of them. And Sony made the extra effort to get it over here. Sega was never going to do this. No. Never. But it sounds like Sony's actually the ones doing the translation, too. Like, they're doing all the work on on the U.S. release. Yeah, and the fact that we're even getting it is huge. It's awesome. I mean, I've I seriously it on my Amazon wish list is the Japanese version. It's been sitting there and I've been looking at it like I <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. And when they announced that at at the PSX, I flipped out. I was yeah, like, me too. Holy fuck. It's it's so exciting that it's going to be here and it's going to be in English. Which yeah. is huge. And that's the thing. I mean, Yakuza fans for a long time have said, we don't even need a, tran- a voice translation or anything. Just put it in subtitles so that we can read what the hell is going on, and that's fine. But I got, I got a little irritated because we want a physical release. Like, you know, take what you... <laughs> Be glad that we're even getting it. Yeah, like, Sony really stepped up and, and made this so that fans over here could get a game that they really love. But I'm pretty sure... I mean, nobody's ever seen any numbers, but... I'm pretty sure that Sega just doesn't see the numbers they want to see over in, in the U.S. To, to warrant doing all that extra work and everything. And I think it sells enough, but it's a very comfortable number that really never changes very much. Well, and the fact that Sony's getting this game out for us over here is just its stupendous, man. 
But that's the other thing about it. I mean, you can't say that they never really gave it a chance. I, Sega brought Yakuza 1, 2, 3, and 4 yeah. over here. Yeah. Uh, they brought 1 and 2 on the PS2. They brought 3 and 4 on the PS3. We didn't think 3 and 4 were even coming. No. Um, it was always up in the air. But obviously so they good. didn't sell well enough. Um, they didn't sell well enough that they felt that it warranted bringing five at this point. Um, well, the thing is, I think the problem is Sega needs titles that sell a ton. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm actually surprised that Hudson Amico makes it out over here, honestly, because I don't think it does those, those kind of big ass numbers either. But at the same time, the fact that they bring out Hudson Amico over here and not Yakuza is a little frustrating, but also Yakuza is about 10 times the size of game. And they're well, humongous games. But I, I think with Hatsune Miku, there's been a big push with that because it's worldwide at this point. Right. I mean, right. you saw the, the report I got back when I brought back from uh, Comic-Con, um, the concerts that they've been doing, uh, the concerts they did in the U.S. that sold out immediately, the, you know, the, the appearance on David Letterman. I, that, mean, I think that's what finally kind of sealed it. Yeah. yeah, this is this is I, that's a whole different experience, and it's it's become a global phenomenon. And they have their websites, and they have the numbers, they have the raw numbers of where all these people are coming from uh, to do all this stuff on these websites, where people, you know, where the concerts are selling everything. And I think they're more comfortable in releasing those games here yeah. than they are with the raw data they have for Yakuza 1 through 4 that have come to the U.S. And they look at it and say, the size of Yakuza 5 and what it would take to translate and you know debug and, and to go through all the certifications and everything, they're like, it's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. That seemed to be their decision. So it's fantastic that it's coming. Yeah, I... I really want a physical release. I would love that, but I don't expect it. I, I'm just, just the fact that it's coming here is enough for me right now. Me too. I, I, you know, I would love to see a physical release as much as anybody, but I mean, uh, I guess don't bite the hand that feeds a little bit. We're really lucky that, it, that it's getting over here in the first place. And yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a pie in the sky. Yes, it'd be great to have this and that, but I mean, I'm just happy that we're getting it because um, I I really love the series and and four especially was just so damn solid that uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm happy that we'll get get to play five because I've heard nothing but good things about five. So yeah, all right, on to the next one. Okay, the next one. This one's tough. Um. And this one's from Roman Smith mm -hmm. and he actually sent two emails and he was having problems. Fucking uh, attention whore. Jeez. Well, he was having problems with swapping out a hard drive on the PS4 yeah, and not being able to find the right firmware file. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, this so, is a problem with the newest one. Yeah, the email was, uh, I need help finding the correct file so I can swap out my hard drives. Can someone email it to me? Um, the place to find them is right on... No, 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 no. No, this one is not there? No. So here's the problem. Uh, with the latest firmware revision, 
which what is it now? It's uh, four point six five. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. That's PS3. <laughs> wow. Uh, 3.18. No. No, it's 2 point something. Vita. Wait, they don't have it listed here. <clears throat> oh my gosh, it's not listed here. Uh, 2.03. Okay. The, the PS3, PS Vita, and PSP. Why do they not have this listed Because here? this is a special firmware that's only no, 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 for no, 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 no. replacing the hard drives. Blog.us.playstation.com. They have the, all the current firmwares listed at the bottom of the page, but they do not have PS4 listed. Oh, I don't know why. That's what I'm saying. They should have it right there. Okay. So uh, the link is in the uh, the link to get that file is in the the article I put up and everything. And we've gotten a few emails from people saying that the file that's up there right now for 2.03 is not working, and it's a, it's a separate firmware. It's actually about double the size of the regular firmware. Because it puts some system software on there as well that, that it's different from the firmware. So the, the problem is nobody's really put out anything, um, like any links, because people said they Googled it and they found how to fix it, but nobody's actually told us, like, here's how I fixed it. So, uh, you know, some people are saying it's the USB drive, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you have to make, and I put it right in the article, make sure you have a, a USB flash drive that works with the PS4, test it first, that sort of thing. Uh, but there's a problem with the file itself that's posted right now. And if you call Sony, they kind of blow you off. So, <clears throat> there is a... If you go to TerminalGamer.com, and I'll put this in the show notes. I'm going to put it in here right now. Uh, so, they're saying Sony P- recent PS4... Needs more tweaking, and the latest update addresses some of those features. Uh, well, anyway, uh, I think the download links are in here, so I'll have to do some research, because nobody's ever told me what the link is, but... Basically, if you Google it enough, if you look for uh, hard drive replacement PS4 firmware 2.03 issues with that, you know, and just look that stuff up, there apparently is a way to get it working. Uh, I just haven't had to deal with it. So, but that's the problem that's going on is when 2.03 came out, the file that Sony posted for hard drive replacements isn't working correctly. And I think it's not like on purpose or anything. They just haven't fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I finally got to the help page, um, the support page, where they have 2.03 released on December 3rd. Yeah. Uh, and at the bottom, they still have the links, I guess, to the old version of the full install, the system software and everything that's yeah. a larger update. Yeah. Oh. Um, so that that's the thing, and... and you know, make sure, I mean, take your time when, when you do the update uh, because, like, if you don't have all caps on the folder names on the, on the, on the USB drive, that'll screw things up. Uh, make sure the file name is correct. And there's all types of things. It, it, it's, very, uh, it's very rigid when it's looking for, for uh, all the right things. So yeah. it, it doesn't really allow anything, any movement for error or anything like that. So. But yeah, I, I've heard some reports, but nobody's told us how they fixed it. But it is fixable, apparently. Hmm. That's all yeah, I can tell I, you. I had missed that. Yeah. All right. But I would say Google it. Um, yeah. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Next all right. one. All right. Let me get back to this here. Um, oh, yeah. This is an interesting one. So. This is from Alfonso Boxel, and he says, uh, Congrats, Glenn and Josh, on reaching 400 episodes. Not knowing when you guys will hit the stop button 
and how each episode is usually over two hours, including games, movies, TV shows, personal experiences, etc. Do you see your podcast entering the Guinness World Record? No. Uh, no. <laughs> God, no. If there's a category for that, I don't want to know. It doesn't matter. There are people who have been who were on episode 1000 something already. Well, that's the thing. Like Chris Hardwick, uh, Nerdist, he does like three shows a week. Yeah. I mean, there's podcasts <laughs> that are five times a day or uh, five days a week. It's yeah. It's yeah. not the number of episodes, but we probably, we're probably right up there for content just cause we go so freaking long. But this one reminded me I, like two months ago, a month and a half ago, whenever it was, as we were approaching 400, it's, mm. it started to sink into me, like, who else out there, PlayStation-wise, has been around that long? And I was searching and searching and searching. I couldn't find anything. Um, yeah. Gnordy, like, tweeted, um, I think it was right before PSX or somewhere on that area, about, yeah, I didn't see like, that. has anybody been around longer? And I think that... Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, unless we can find something, and I know you wanted to do some research too, I'm going to start referring to us as the longest running PlayStation podcast. Well, I mean, we, we, we can say whatever we want anyway, because well, yeah. we've heard other people saying we're the top this, we're the top that. I mean, <laughs> Howard Stern proclaimed yeah. himself king of all media king of all media so apparently we're number two and behind howard stern that's what they call him now i mean I he did that as a as a goof because everybody was calling michael jackson the king of pop and he's like well wait when did he get that who who anointed him the king of pop when did that happen <laughs> he's like he's just calling himself that that's bullshit he's like then i'm the king of He's like, well, I do radio and I, I have a movie coming out. I'm the king of all media. You know? yeah, that's Howard Stern for you. Uh, I mean, we, we, might have, we might have some kind of a record in terms of consecutive weeks because we've never missed a week. It's possible that, that if we could have that. I, I just I think that we are the longest running PlayStation podcast. I don't know of another one out there. That's, no, I think we are, yeah. Because, so, well, IGN started after we did, and they yeah, missed weeks here and they're there. At, but they're at like 300-something. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I and the funny thing is, is we say numbers. 400, but look at all the podcasts we put out like for events where we do well, yeah. one a day. And it, but you know, then I put them together as an episode. But um, yeah, I, no, I do honestly think that we're probably the longest-running PlayStation show. Yeah. So, I mean, that's our new thing. That's our new tagline? Yeah, I was see I was wondering about that. I was I was wondering about thinking about changing the all things PlayStation and more to the longest running PlayStation podcast or just leaving that and putting that else, you know, putting that somewhere else. Or not like massaging your ear hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, at least yeah, I'm not getting into what Kevin Smith says on uh Edumacation. What's what he's what's he say on there? <laughs> it's it gets filthy. Well, yeah. When have we ever been against that? Uh, putting some, some like, fucking your ear hole with uh, our tongues or something. Well, in your in your, <laughs> I don't even want to say it. <laughs> it gets he gets filthy with. Uh, well, yeah, it's Kevin Smith. Yeah, he gets really filthy with uh, the the. I I just can't even say it. Jeez. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Oh. It's funny as hell, <laughs> but I'm not going to say it. We'll see. Yeah. 
calling you out. Go ahead. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) I don't know what he says. I don't listen to that one. Uh, Yeah. Well, he talks about your ear pussy a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's a really good podcast. It's funny. Um, It's good. It's it's really funny because his co-host is a little uptight uh, when it comes to anything sexual and Mm. the way he makes that guy completely uncomfortable is hilarious. (laughs) Just completely like, stop it. (laughs) Nice. He freaks out all the time. It's fun. (laughs) No, I, yeah. Cause you and I talked about it earlier too. And, and I was thinking about it around the time that he tweeted it. And, and, uh, I mean, there was one that was running before we did, that one that started way before we did, but they're not around anymore. Um, that, I mean, that was the whole thing when Jared brought this whole thing up originally was, you know, there's so many Xbox podcasts out there and there really aren't any PlayStation ones. Yeah. And the one that had started before us was in Europe. I, I think it was like on Eurogamer or something. Uh, and that was the whole thing. And he's like, well, do you want to try to do like a PlayStation podcast? And I'm like, yeah. I, I said, be fun and you know it's the right time to do it i think you know because there's not much saturation on the playstation side that's actually focused on playstation so yeah i i think we're probably the ones yeah suckers so if anybody says oh no 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 there's some let us know but yeah let's know but i don't don't know because i don't i don't listen to video game podcasts anymore i haven't for a long time well i just don't want to be influenced by what somebody else is saying i don't want to regurgitate what i hear on other podcasts yeah so yeah but no guinness book no yep all right (laughs) all right next one uh from john pay ant yeah (laughs) ant Uh, oh he's a tell him steve dave fan all right he's an Mm. ant i get it pay ant all right john uh, hi, Glenn and Josh. I have never really used racing wheels in the past, mm. but after reading your review of the Thrustmaster T80, I figured I'd give it a shot. What? what? That was a negative review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not a good wheel. Okay. Uh, it, it was even funnier because shot. when I was playing Project Cars at, at PSX, even the producer were like, yeah, this wheel's not that good. <laughs> anyway. Uh, plus it's gone down $20 on Amazon. Oh, lovely. I just tried it for Drive Club and the crew. Don't judge me, please. If you like the crew, that's fine. Uh, And I just want to see if this is how the wheel should be acting. Uh (laughs) (laughs) It's a little free and smooth for a quarter turn each way, but then I find the resistance really kicks up. Yeah. It feels like it goes from having power steering to not, basically. Uh, The acceleration seems off, but I don't really have the high-end cars in Drive Club yet. I just felt like I got more acceleration with the DS4. I don't want to use it too much if it isn't supposed to act that way, so I was hoping for feedback from you guys to determine if I have to return it to Amazon for a new one or I just have to get used to it. (laughs) Any tips will be appreciated. Great job representing at PSX. Woo! Thanks, John. Uh, well, I, I've never really had a problem with the accelerator. Uh, the accelerator and the brakes work fine. Uh, although, just... when you think about it, the DualShock 4 doesn't have analog buttons anymore. So, it's mm-hmm. all digital. So, it's either mm-hmm. on or off. So, when and... you're hitting the button on the controller, it's always jammed all the way down. On 
the steering wheel on the on the pedals, you're actually getting analog. So if you just press down a little bit, it'll just go a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. And this one, unlike, although I use the triggers, unlike nearly every other steering wheel out there, uh, this one is bungee cords. <laughs> yeah, it, it and it's really weird. Like there's this little bit of play at center, so you can it'll actually shift back and forth a little bit before the bungee cords kick in. But it's not like true powered force feedback. It's um, it's these bungee cords, and it's not really representative of what you would expect from a real steering wheel, like in a car. And that's one of my biggest complaints about it is it just doesn't have the feel. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just frustrating because we're all so used to our Logitechs, our G27s, and our Logitech. Oh, Logitech. Our, yeah, the Force and all that other stuff. Uh, and you go to this thing, and I mean, it's not cheap. When I got it, it was a hundred bucks. If they're down to eighty bucks now, okay. But you know, it's you're still paying a decent amount of money for it, and and it's kind of chintzy, honestly. But the problem is, the next step up is like four hundred bucks. Yeah. So, and I I, I hear they're good, but I'm not going to spend four hundred bucks on one yet. Uh, maybe when Gran Turismo Seven gets announced, sure, maybe. But uh, it sucks because you know Logitech got out of the steering wheel market. So they never even got Sony the stuff they need to get the wheels working on the PS4, which would be amazing. Which it might not even still work because even on the Thrustmaster, the T80, there's a little switch to go between PS3 and PS4 mode. So, I don't know. I mean, it bites, and and I really wish I could use my Logitech like everybody else wishes that. Uh, There are some other ones coming into the market or are on the market that are supposed to support PS4, though. So, and I think I put the names, a couple of names in uh, in the review uh, I have not checked out like back on those though, and and the thing is, they were kind of higher end steering wheels to begin with. Like, I know one is kind of made for um, those those seats that you use, and you know all the rigs and everything else. So, I mean, you know, there aren't that many driving games out for the system, so I see why some peripheral uh, companies haven't really gotten into the steering wheel market yet, but. Uh, I do think that when we finally see Gran Turismo 7, you're going to see an abundance of this kind of stuff coming out. Thing is, with Drive Club, though, I've gotten so used to using the DualShock 4 that when I play with that wheel, I'm, just, I'm all over the place. So, I don't know. But that's all I can really tell you. I don't, I don't think it's anything wrong with the wheel. It's uh, in terms of like re- returning it because it's bad. Uh, it's just not that great of a wheel. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I don't know. We were just talking about that the other day, too. I just... Uh, every now and then I'll play Drive Club. I'm like, maybe I should get the wheel out. Eh. <laughs> so. But anyway. But it's it's weird. I wonder if they... I should check that. Because even on the DualShock 4 on the R2, it seems like there's not really full analog. Like, you don't have to press on it very much to go full RPMs. So I don't know if it's just a designer decision because it's more arcadey uh, that you don't have that great level of uh, control over the accelerator itself. But, yeah, I'll have to check that out sometime with the wheel, see if it's different. Hmm. Yeah. All right, last one. All right, uh, this is from Dave. Dave. It's from Dave. Not our Dave, though. A different Dave. He said knowingly. Hi, Glenn and, X- and the Xbox apologist, Josh. <laughs> oh, please. 
Very. T- I probably played my expo more than Josh did this week, though. It's true. Uh, very long time listener, first time emailer. I was thinking about investing in a projector for my PS4. Problem is, all my research tells me is it's a matter of opinion on which what I need from from one. Other than 1080p resolution, I'm not sure what I should be looking for. Any advice would be appreciated. Much love from the UK. Uh, okay. Uh, I would say look for one that has HDMI. I would say maybe look into DLP because you're going to get black or blacks, that sort of thing. I haven't really messed with projectors in years, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I Look for something that doesn't really uh, have too much burn-in problems, which I don't think is a problem anymore. It used to be way back in the day with LCD. But a good DLP projector is probably the way to go. If I'm wrong, maybe people want to email in and let us know. Because I, I am really not an expert on projectors anymore. <laughs> I just haven't had to use them. So, because Josh and I have these cool plasmas. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. So, there you go. There's the promised emails, folks. Yay. Yay. God, we still went two hours and some. Jeez, you went the small one. So uh, hopefully everybody can uh, listen to this on their on their drive for the holidays to their to see their family. Um, hopefully everybody has a good holiday. Uh, I know I am excited. Um, smoking a huge ham for uh, for Christmas this year for my parents, and I get to see people in my family I actually like. So I'm happy about that. And then I get to go to the Denver Packer game and um, or not Denver uh, Detroit and the Packers game. And watch the Packers beat up on Detroit. Get the first seed. That's right. It's going to happen. So, Josh, what are you doing for the holidays? Staying home or are you going to your families? No, going down to my dad's. Going yeah. over to Lou's parents. Nice. Uh, Showering Hail Baby with gifts. <sighs> As this will be the last time he's the center of attention with, with the sister he on the way. All he wants is a blue lightsaber and blue ice cream. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. all that's all he said for the past couple of weeks. I'm like, well, we got to tell Santa. What do you want? <laughs> I want a blue lightsaber and mommy gets a blue lightsaber and daddy gets a blue lightsaber and blue ice cream. All right, then. Okay. I think I can do that. That's an easy Christmas. <laughs> um uh, I have still have stuff from last year that was never unwrapped. <laughs> Seriously. I, How was it, it never was unwrapped? Just, what? Because her sister got a ton of stuff for him. Yeah. Um, she was afraid that we weren't going to get him enough or get him anything. Oh my God. <laughs> so she bought and she... Why, does she think you're just terrible parents? You'll never get your child anything for Christmas. No, she just, she wanted to get him stuff. She was all excited. So she got him a ton of stuff. So I put all this stuff under the tree. I put all her stuff under. Suddenly, it was insane. It was more stuff than I'd ever seen under a Christmas tree in my life. (laughs) Um, So we made sure he opened up her stuff. Uh-huh. And then he opened up a couple of our things. And at that point, I mean, he was, what, at that point, a year and a half old? Yeah, it's kind of wasted on him. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. And she's like, just take the other stuff. And I just took it right 
upstairs and put it in the attic. <laughs> it's still wrapped. I don't even know what half of it is at this point. It's probably all stuff that is like clothing that he can't wear anymore. No, and... it was nothing clothes. No, oh, okay. I don't buy clothes. We all of his clothes came from my brother. Uh huh. From like his kids' old clothes, basically. Um, her parents. Bought a ton of stuff the last time they went back to China. Oh, jeez. Which is where he got those panda pants that he will not stop wearing. Yeah. Um, by the way, I tried to look for that panda hat thing. Yeah. And I, anytime I went by the place, it was closed. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The, the only thing that we bought for him, because he asked for it. Uh, mm. Well, I bought him the, the Flyers jersey that had uh, the goalie Mason on the back. Right, right. Um, and then once he had that, then he wanted to wear everything I was wearing. So <laughs> there was a sale on all these things and Lou got like another Flyers jersey, just like that, a Hartnell one. And she's like, is that, she's like, that was on sale. I'm like, well, that's because he got traded. <laughs> I said, but that's fine. Uh, and then a couple of Phillies, like a Phillies t-shirt that's identical to one of my t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two Jersey looking Phillies jerseys. Um, I see. And the one is opposite colors. Like mine is a maroon shirt with the light blue lettering for uh-huh. like, like the eighties Phillies. Uh, and his is a light blue shirt with the maroon lettering. So he looks at that and he looks at mine and he looks at that and he looks at mine and he's all happy because it's, it's the same thing, but it's just backwards colors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's got those. I mean, that's really all we bought for him was stuff like that. For the most part, all his clothes have come from her sister and my brother and her parents. <laughs> so we haven't had to do any of that. Which yeah. is good because that is good. I mean, they use them and it's it's done. You know, they use them for a couple months and it's that's yep. it. Yep, grows so, out of it. It's crazy. Or he ruins it. Yeah. So well, we don't have to worry about that, which is good. That's um, good. Yeah. And now we won't have to get girls' clothes because her sister <laughs> had a baby girl, so she's been dumping all her clothes on us already. Oh, nice. Um, and my brother, his first child was a girl, so we've got plenty of clothes. <laughs> which is good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Christmas is Christmas. It'll, yeah, it'll be its thing. Oh, it's not like a, yeah, I got some days off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, Christmas has never been that big of a deal <clears throat> anyway. And, and being in IT, I, I've had to work a couple Christmases, so um, I'm I'm kind of the same way right now. But. Um, it's just more getting to hang out with the the part of the family that I actually enjoy hanging out with. That's that's the most fun. I get to go see my parents, and I'll take my PS4 with me. And Rock and I have our tradition on Christmas Eve to go up to Appleton, and we always used to do all of our shopping when we did a lot of shopping back then. Uh, we go up on Christmas Eve because it's dead. I mean, it's just absolutely dead. But now, I mean, we have no shopping to do really. But we still go up to Appleton. We eat at TJ Fridays or Chili's, one of the two, and. Just kind of hang out, and uh, I think he might have bought a PS4, so I'll probably uh, get him a, a PSN uh, PSN Plus a, a card for the year for his present. Get him online, get him some free games. 
Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's not like it's, we just saw everybody on Thanksgiving. That's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like it's, Hey, we haven't seen you in forever. We were just there like a <laughs> month ago. So, well, yeah, but, uh, like Thanksgiving we did at my aunt Carol's, but now Carol's actually going to come to my parents for Christmas because then my cousin Joey goes to the other side of the family. So works out well. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And, my parents have this little electric smoker. I was going to smoke this ham here and then take it all the way out there. I'm like, well, why don't I just use that little smoker of yours? Because that'll work. So I have to actually work on Christmas Eve and, and make a bunch of the food for Christmas Day. Because I'm that good of a son, damn it. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and mom's lazy. No, I'm just kidding. Love you, mom. So, all right. Well, let's get the hell out of here so people can go to their uh, their their holiday trips driving down those crazy highways and dealing with all the traffic and everything else and you've got our smooth sounds like just lubing up your ear holes it's pretty oh, hot you poor people yeah i don't so, even listen to this mess <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> all right well if you want to reach us uh, like those fine folks did you can uh, do that in a bunch of different ways you can go over to psnation.com on the left side, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll actually see a Contact Us section, which has all of our info, our PSN names, our uh, our Skype number, or I mean our Skype name, our uh, our voicemail line number, our email, a Contact Us button. So even if you don't want to go in and actually email us directly, you can just do that, fill out the form, and it emails us that way. Um, or you can email us at podcast at psnation.com, and every now and then we'll read them on the air, if Josh so feels like doing so. Uh, you can also all the time, uh-huh. all the time. Uh-huh. You leave us a voicemail, which is uh four zero eight six five seven Vita. That's four zero eight six five seven eight four eight two. Or if you have Skype, just call WDT dash Torgo. Uh, don't forget on Facebook, we're on the, uh, the group and the page So go like that page and go, uh, join the group. Uh, if you use Stitcher for uh, streaming any of your podcast wares, you can go over to Stitcher.com, listen to it right there, or you can grab the Stitcher app for any of your mobile devices. Look for us in the video game section. We're usually pretty high up on that list. Uh, if you want to look for us on Twitter, you can find Josh at PJFJosh, or you can follow the main account at uh, PSNation, which Dave says he won't tweet on anymore because he deleted it from his phone. Uh, Likely story. Right. We'll see. Likely story. Uh, don't forget our podcast network over at VGEVO.com. I had to miss the party this week. I'm so mad. It sucks. But anyway, uh, and like I said, our website over at PSNation.com, uh, where you can also find that cool thing on the left side that says store affiliate links, which are all the links that we went through before and, uh, stuff and junk. So, Hey, free re- shipping on orders, $25 or more at bestbuy.com. Oh, snap. That's the banner that's up there now. Nice. Actually, I've, <laughs> I've ordered online from Best Buy a few times, and I've always had really good luck with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, have a great holiday. If you're uh, if you're not of the Christmas type, have a fun Thursday. <laughs> Christmas yeah. isn't the only thing going on, folks. I know the stores would have you believe otherwise, but there are other people uh, that believe in other things. So, uh, have a great week. Get out there, play some games. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Happy Christmas, Josh. Ho, ho, ho. And a bottle of rum? Ho, ho.
Oh, wait, that's Yo-Ho-Ho. Yo-Ho? Yolo-Ho? Yolo-Ho? Oh, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Yolo-Jones? Bye. Uh, Bye. Hey, did you hear Bruce Jenner is becoming a woman? Like, full-on, he's doing it now? Oh, stop it. He is. He is. What? He's he's been shopping around. Are you still recording? Because I'm still recording. Yeah, I am. <laughs> here's the here's. I mean, everybody always gave him shit for after the plastic surgery, but yeah, here's, no, he's been shopping around trying to get a reality show. Oh my god! For the full transformation. Didn't you see that picture of him from a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, where he was sitting somewhere smoking a cigarette? He was in a car smoking a cigarette and his nails were all painted and his hair is growing. Well, Chuck Liddell paints his toenails, but his hair is growing out. He's growing out his hair. He's doing, he's going the full. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's just, wow. All right. More power to him, I guess. Well, that's the thing. He's he's finally. But shopping around a, a reality show that just makes me sick, especially because he was always one complaining about we always have the cameras around. Uh, uh-huh. And now he wants to have it. He's had a little taste of it. Now he has to have it even more. Well, maybe his complaint was that he wasn't ready to put that out in the open. Although he didn't maybe want people seeing him that maybe way. Maybe his ex-wife just pretty much just put him over the edge. Maybe. <laughs> It's possible. Oh, yeah. that attention whore. Ugh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? The Kardashians would go away forever. Yeah. Uh. Well, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's that Simpsons episode with the advertising. Just, just don't, don't look. look. <laughs> just don't look. Yeah, that was one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. <laughs> if everybody would just don't look, they would I go agree. away. They would just curl up and die. <laughs> And, and then look away. how much money that Kim Kardashian made from <clears throat> her free app on iOS <sighs> from all the advertising and all the microtransactions. <sighs> so gross. I know. I agree. And she's, I'm not even getting into it. Ugh. I yeah. know it's the end of the show and <laughs> those people that listened all the way to the end are catching this, but I, <laughs> I just listen to one episode of Hollywood Babylon where they get to the Kim Kardashian news and yeah. how Buck they describe Kim Kardashian. Yes. Well, that's the only reason she's famous. It is. That's how she got famous. Yep. Fuck tape. It's just ridiculous. I think maybe when I go to LA, I'll have to do a fuck tape. Maybe I'll get famous. <laughs> well, you had your chance with family style back there, oh, but you God. just let her go. <laughs> 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 What'd she ask me like after where where you stand uh, by the stable center you know, what was it like you need a friend tonight or something? I forget exactly I what it what was. Anymore. I'm just like fuck off. But you thought she was asking for a ride and you're like, No. Yeah. And then she left and I'm like, Do you know what just went down here? I'm I like, kind of figured it out in my head, but I just I was so tired and I was just so Yeah. Just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. yeah. But she was, yeah. I don't. Did you even notice all the hookers in in Vegas? Mm, oh no. man, one of the Sony guys. I don't uh, think I did. <laughs> one of the Sony guys got some money out of the ATM, 
And he turned around, and there were like four of them just standing there waiting for to see if that's what he's getting. Them. I'm serious. They it was it was tougher to tell because there were a lot of women dressed up as whores in the hotel well, that we were in. Yeah, but there were a pretty decent contingent of, of hookers in that hotel, like hanging around in that hotel. Did not even notice them. Oh yeah, we saw a lot of them that Sunday night after you left. But it was pretty funny because uh, when I was hanging out with the Sony guys, they were telling telling me about it like. Friday night or Saturday night or something, like he turns around and there's four of them just staring at him. He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's crazy. Because they're trolling the ATM. Oh uh, yeah, as classy as they try to make it, you still got all that going on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think classy when I'm in Vegas. I used to not, but I mean, cripes! Look at all the all the way the people were dressed up on Friday night. We were walking around the wind. It was nuts. Yeah, I felt like we were at the at the fine theater or something. It's, yeah, I'm so glad we found that Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it felt like uh, felt felt like Tin Cup. Like we're going to the Waffle House. This is my people. Yeah. Denny's with the jacked up uh, waiter. Oh, he had to be gosh. on something. Yeah, that guy was very happy. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Very excited. Yes, he was. Very excited about everything that was going on. And then we went into the 7-Eleven, and I thought we were in New York City again because there was somebody trying to make a deal with the people up front. Yeah, that was weird. And then the lady starts asking me why we're there, and I told her, and she was just all over it. She's like, my kid's been watching that all weekend or something. It hasn't started yet. What? But I think he was watching the Game Awards or something. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, that that was an interesting weekend. It was. That was and a blast. It's the first time I've ever been to Vegas, so that was cool. <laughs> I, I just find it funny that I went there for three and a half days and I didn't gamble once. I didn't even put 20 bucks on a machine. What did I put in? A dollar to that one machine? Yeah. Just to say I did it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, and then I, my, my stepdad had given me 20 bucks to gamble and I forgot. So I got to the airport and I was so beat because I didn't go to bed that night. So I'm sitting down and, you know, the, the machines are far enough away that you got to take your bags with you. And I'm looking and it's getting kind of packed. I'm like, I don't want to lose my seat, my chair. So I just said, eh. <laughs> so when I got back, I gave him the 20 bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that was one of those things. Like if, if I had had time, I might have sat down at a blackjack table. Yeah. But uh, even that, uh, I'm iffy on. I mean, it's one of those things I could just drive an hour, hour and a half. Well, where am I now? Maybe it's an hour and a half to two hours down to Atlantic City if I yeah. really, really want to. Atlantic City is right there. It's, it's not well, like I mean, it's out of reach. Up here, we have so many Indian casinos. There's one 35 minutes away from where I live. Uh, yeah. It's not tough to find that kind of stuff. And like I said, I mean, back in the day when I used to go to Vegas for, for CES, it was awesome. Like, stayed uptown. You, you barely paid five bucks for a humongous meal. Uh, nobody knew what Hold'em was yet. So when I went down to sit at the Four Queens or at Binion's, like, there'd be one table of people playing Hold'em. It was, it was the best. And then I go back this time and it, it ugh. Like, everybody's all dressed up. You don't see... I mean, you can still smoke in the casinos, which kind of surprised me just being around here because you can't smoke in, in buildings here anymore. Except the casinos, you can still smoke here. I didn't know, but... Um, yeah. That, but it was so fancy. Like, I remember going me. back to the to Binion's and the old sports betting was right there. and It was just dingy and 
dirty and and just but it was awesome at the same time it was old school vegas still yeah the uh the smoking threw me i i didn't expect that well i mean it's it's been no smoking in buildings here in wisconsin for like four or five years now at least yeah and uh but the casinos you can still smoke and that's like one of the only things uh, that got grandfathered in is the casinos and there's like three or four cigar bars in the state that got grandfathered in uh, other than that, yeah. So it was so weird, like going in there and smelling smoke. I'm like, whoa, what the? F- whoa, holy yeah. shit! They're smoking here. Yeah. And I was so upset because if we would have hung out at the bar longer on Sunday, there was a thing right by the baccarat. There, there was that bar out in the middle of the casino, and right behind it was a cigar, uh, like a little counter you could buy cigars. I'm like, oh, this would be awesome. But we just didn't hang out there long enough, and you couldn't smoke in the restaurant we went to. So, yeah, but it was still a lot of fun. I had a blast. Didn't sleep very much, but I had a blast. (laughs) I did maximize my time, we'll say that. (laughs) It's true. Oh, my God. All right, this time we're really leaving. Really? Yeah, let's go. I got to go check the beef on the smoker. All right. All right. See you, folks. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Hi, honey. Yeah, I just got it. It's terrific. It looks like uh, some kind of a bird in a, in a tree. Oh, you, you don't say a partridge, huh? Well, it's great. Uh, well, of course it was a surprise, honey. I, I was expecting a hat. Well, you, you know, I have been dropping some broad hints about, about maybe getting a hat. Oh, no, this, this is much better. It's, it's like two gifts in one. I mean, I, I get the partridge, and, and I get a, uh, a tree. <laughs> well, okay, thanks a lot, honey, and Merry Christmas. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Hi, honey. Yes, I got the calling birds. Yeah, the man just dropped them off. Well, well, they're great. You know, they, they go well with the three French hens and, and the two other things. I don't know what they are. I, I got them on Wednesday. They, they look almost like a half a turtle and a half a dove. Tur- turtle doves, huh? I, I never heard of them. No, I appreciate it's a unique gift. But, but the thing is, I, I now have ten birds, and I'm not really a bird person. As you know, honey, I'm more of a, well, a, a hat person, really. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans to swim and six geese to lay and five gold rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Hi, honey. Honey, we have to talk. No, no, you're being very generous. It's just... No, I, I like the five gold rings. They, they were great. Nothing wrong with that gift at all. It, it's just that the next day, it, it was right back to the bird. Ho- holy Lord! Get back! Oh, no! Well, well, I'll tell you what that noise was, honey. 
it, it turns out that geese and French hens are natural enemies. Now, now, no more birds. Well, I don't know, honey. How about how about eight hats of hatting? On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten lords a leap and nine ladies dancing, eight maids a milking. Hi, honey. Yes, yes, it was quite a surprise. No, no, they're not birds, are they? They're, they're, they're people. Well, I, I guess everybody's happy, honey. The, the maids of milking are having a little trouble. Well, I'll tell you why, because, as you know, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, and, and I don't have any cows. Well, right now, they're, they're trying to milk a swan. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Twelve drummers drumming, eleven pipers piping, ten lords a-leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a-milking, seven swans a-swimming, six geese a-laying, five gold rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a... Honey, I think we should see other people. And a partridge in a pear tree. 